0: super talk mississippi media production
1: gateway rescue mission meeting the physical and spiritual needs of the homeless right here in jackson mississippi check us out at www.gatewaymission.org
2: howdy howdy it's rhino here and i wanted to say thank you for listening to middays with gerard gibbert here on super talk mississippi
4: And welcome to Midday Super Talk Mississippi. Gerard Gibbert, Rhino in the studio, guiding you through the middle of your day with facts, fodder, and fine music on this Friday Eve. A little chilly outside, a little Just nippy. Just a little bit. Yeah.
2: You It'll like that. It'll be cooler though. tomorrow, though.
4: You like it? Cooler tomorrow?
2: Oh, yeah. Woo. 30s for the wake up call tomorrow. You like that, though. Oh, yeah, because the way I see it, I can always put on more layers, Yeah, but I can only get so naked in public. (laughs) Nakedity. You get
4: canceled for saying that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, uh, so, have you recovered from a Tuesday's election? You know, I know we talked quite a bit about the earthquake that was the election of a Republican governor in Virginia. And by the way, Murphy, Phil Murphy, he was declared the winner in New Jersey. But something that we can take away from that, as we witness what appears to be a bit of a red wave, is that Joe Biden won New Jersey by 15 points. Looks like Murphy's going to pull it out by .8. That's quite the swing. Now, in Virginia, Biden won 10 and change, so it looks like that's a swing of about 12 to 13 points. But, you know the, the news with respect to Election Day that I found to be the most uh, refreshing, the most encouraging, if you could put it that way, and I, I think it also demonstrates the power and importance of local government. And that's what occurred in Denver. You see this? The school board in Denver? A I must have missed that. Yes, and it, again, it's not getting the national headlines, not like these high-profile gubernatorial elections, but in Denver, the local school board The slate of conservative candidates emerged victorious in a Denver suburb school board race, Douglas County, Colorado. But here's what's, I think, most encouraging and exciting about this news. Not that the conservative candidates were victorious. None of them had ever held office before. This is the way it should be. This, this just harkens back to the founding principles and the vision of our founders. Oh, don't cancel me for saying founders. I think it's, it's our own Federal Reserve, by the way. We talked about this, didn't we? I think we shared that with the audience. They have stricken the word founding fathers from the vernacular at the Federal Reserve on account it, it might offend somebody. But in Colorado, these are all kids' first candidates. That's the way they describe themselves. But more importantly, they never held office before. Isn't that what the founders said? You just come off the farm, essentially. It's what they knew at the time. That's how most people earned a living. You go serve for a while and you go back. That's the way it should be. This, you got to wait your turn stuff and you got to be anointed and blessed. And we have some of that right here in Mississippi. There ain't no question about that. That's not the way it's supposed to work. We got some good mornings on the C Spire text line. Join the conversation 601 879 4395. Austin and Meridian bids us good morning. Good morning to you there, Austin. Appreciate you joining us today on the 228. Good morning, Gerard. Charlie Hickory, Flat, Mississippi. Biden didn't win SH. What's that? I'm missing something.
2: I think that's the first half of a four-letter word.
4: Oh. Leave it to you to cipher some of that lingo for me. (laughs) (laughs) Biden didn't win (laughs)
5: Shh. Don't
4: say that. Oh, gosh. Uh, So... Did you realize that one of the parting statements that was made by Democrat candidate Terry McAuliffe, there was a great article in the Wall Street Journal about this, was uh, (laughs) that uh, that his his opponent, Glenn Youngkin, was all about race. Do you see it that way? I think it's just the opposite. Just the opposite. I think that's what parents said at the ballot box was that they were rejecting the idea that their children in schools should be indoctrinated with this racial division. Tulsi Gabbard, you know her, don't you? Ran for president, Democrat. Had the uh,
2: video at the airport with the ukulele, and was probably (laughs) the most... uh, What's the word I'm looking for here? Personable candidate to run for president last time around?
4: Uh, how about attractive? Approachable? Uh, definitely attractive, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I I think she was more of a regular person, seemed to be, of the people from right. Hawaii,
2: right? As much as you can be, if you can afford to live in Hawaii.
4: Right. Yeah, that's a pretty pricey place. You been over there? No, because I don't have that kind of money. <laughs> <laughs> it... uh it's it's quite something, honestly. Been been twice. Now, I heard great now. things. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Well, anyhow, the last thing was said there about it being race, I, that seemed to stoke a response from Tulsi Gabbard. Now, she's a Democrat, of course, and, and generally caucuses with the Democrats. I would describe her as mm, socially sort of moderate. Libertarian, almost. Fiscally, however, if you look at her voting record and you paid attention to anything she said on the campaign trail, uh, economically and fiscally speaking, uh, I would describe her as fairly far left. But anyhow, she said, McAuliffe's loss is a victory for all Americans. Why? Because it was a resounding rejection of efforts to divide us by race, the stripping of parental rights, and arrogant deaf leaders. This benefits us all. Fairly good summary, I would suggest. Darren and Jackson says, Joy Behar said that conservatism should be an arrestable offense. (laughs) I mean, there seem to be continued to double down on all this stuff. If you look at reports that suggest Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi is prepared to Put on the table the Biden agenda and of course the left media, the mainstream media so-called, that's what they're blaming the whole deal on, if you've paid any attention to that, which is, well we didn't get the agenda through, we got to double down, move it further to the left, get that thing done, ram it through now. And There's just kind of a collection, if you will, of some really insane responses from election night, uh, such as from Jamel Hill. It's not the messaging folks, this country simply loves white supremacy. Brittany Cooper, she is a professor, I think in New Jersey. White supremacy is indefatigable. I'd have looked that up. You ever heard of that before? You guys ever heard of that before? Say it again. I n d e f a t i g a b l e. Ever heard of that? I, I think I say said I've it right. Read it once or twice, but yeah, that's. Well, you're ahead of me if you read it once or twice, but it means of a person or their efforts. Persisting tirelessly. In other words, you white supremacist.
2: I want to say I remember it being tireless. used when uh, the the buzzwords and the catchphrase was "she," and yet she persisted. When it was what's her face in the Senate hearings, reclaiming her time because she didn't get the answer she wanted.
4: Oh, okay, <laughs> reclaiming my time. Share. <laughs> you know who she is, don't you? Joe works tirelessly to. To work with Congress and pass bills to help to the number two, so she can fit it in a tweet. Everyday Americans, he's hit from Dems on right and left. They cause gridlock while GOP sit and plan how to pick our bones clean if we fail. GOP are Nazis in lockstep. It's difference between democracy and dictatorship. That's from Cher. I always rely on Cher for political analysis and advice. Now that
2: she's weighed in, I feel so much better. (laughs)
4: It is time to take a break here on uh, Middays. When we return, Brandon Presley, Public Service Commissioner of the Northern District up there in uh, the northern part of Mississippi. At 11.05, Phil Buffington, chair of the Jackson Heart Walk. At 11.37, Mandy Gunnasekara, former EPA Chief, of Staff, Principal Section 7 Strategies. Daniel Sparks at 12.05, We'll be right back. <laughs>
6: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, a slight chance of rain with clouds and then some sunshine, high near 59. Tonight, clear skies and cold, low around 41. Your finally Friday, sunny skies, high near 65. And for your Saturday, sunny conditions, high near 68. This weather brought to you by No Drip Roofing and Construction. With rain coming, let us show you what the No Drip difference is all about. No Drip Roofing and Construction, online at NoDripMS.com.
10: I wish there was a place where we could sample wines before we buy.
7: There is. Colony Bistro and Wine Bar just opened right next door to Colony Wine Market in Madison. They have 32 wines by the glass, wine flights, and the food is terrific.
10: Yes. Get your purse, sweetie. Catch Madison Central
0: Jaguar football right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3 each Friday night during the season. Brought to you in part by List for Less. Go to buyhomeswithsusan.com.
12: Gallo here with a special invitation to join us weekday morning six to nine. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis—all right here on Super Talk Jackson, ninety-seven point three. Okay, is everybody ready? I'm ready. Ready here.
0: Midday's with Gerard Gibbons on Super Talk Mississippi. <laughs>
4: We thank you so much for joining us on Middays. Gerard Gibbert, Rhino in the Talk Studios on this Friday Eve. All right. Joining us now, we've got Mississippi Public Service Commissioner Brandon Presley. He's the commissioner for Mississippi's Northern District. Good morning, Commissioner. Thanks so much for joining us, sir. Yeah, I
2: just just said we don't have
4: him. Oh, I thought we had him on. I thought you said we didn't have him on video. My bad. All right, we're trying to get in touch with the commissioner. And as soon as we do, we'll get him on. We're going to talk to him about an op-ed that he he published uh, about a week or so ago where he's talking about his intentions for and plans for use of funds coming from the Federal uh, American Rescue Plan that, of course, passed. This past, uh, I think February, if I'm not so they may have been signed into law in March. First big measure through the Biden administration. Gerard, did you catch Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears? That would be the newly elected Lieutenant Governor of the state of Virginia, the Commonwealth of Virginia, pardon me, habit. Re- reaction to a race-baiting pundit on CNN says she was elected by a white supremacists. Yeah, we'll talk about that later, Mose. We've got uh, Commissioner Brandon Presley on the line now. Thanks so much for joining us, Brandon.
13: Hey, Gerard, good to be with you, man. I'm sorry we had a little technical difficulty. I think luckily this time it was on y'all's end and not
14: mine. So.
4: <laughs> well, I'm glad we got that sorted out and appreciate you joining us today. So first, I guess, sir, give us an update. Uh, since last time we talked, I know you've got some electric power co-ops that are busy building out their their fiber uh, broadband networks in your district and actually across the state uh, with uh, some laws changed there and and funding available. Give us an update on that and other stuff going on from a PSC perspective.
13: Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for being with you. It's always good to join uh, all the folks on Super Talk. You know, Gerard, we couldn't believe a couple of years ago, you and I were talking back those days a little bit about the – potential for broadband build out and today it's happening on a scale that that we couldn't believe Mississippi right now particularly northeast Mississippi has the highest has the highest concentration of fiber to the home broadband projects of any place in America and the proof's in the pudding Uh, uh Prentice County Electric for instance if you have Prentice County power you get your power from them you now all of their customers can get fiber to the home from their electric co-op. And we're seeing these projects take off like we couldn't believe. And the, and the benefits of the people of Mississippi is so exponential um, of, of the work that we're seeing with these projects. We're going to look back in a couple of years and, and, and say so we really turned the, the, the page and turned the corner on the, this digital divide that exists out there we can't stop until we get every house in the in the uh state connected it's going to be a lot of work still left to do and i know there are folks that uh, see their neighbors getting broadband and they're waited waiting with bated breath to get it themselves I can assure them that our co-ops and our other providers, you know, c Spire is doing a great job in, in their work in expansion. Uh, they're doing all they can to get this uh, equipment rolled out and get these installations done. And so I'm very proud of where we are. Good opportunities going forward. Uh, there's a, a capital projects fund in which the governor will be applying by the end of the year for, which uh, should benefit our cooperatives immensely because those dollars under the federal law say that these projects uh, for broadband under this Section 604, when the governor makes that application, that they must prioritize cooperatives and not-for-profits and others. And so I think we've got the right uh, framework in place. You know, I worked with Speaker Gunn back in 2019, to get that Broadband Enabling Act passed. And since then, he and the Lieutenant Governor, uh, Delbert Hoseman, have just worked really well with the Commission uh, and providers to try to get some common sense policy out there. And so we hope to build on that. And, and the uh, funds that we're seeing come in. Uh, particularly the American Rescue Plan dollars, which are $1.8 billion. But then secondly, this capital projects fund that is, again, targeted toward cooperatives and not-for-profits. So the federal government has already said the model y'all are using in Mississippi is what we're prioritizing for these type of funds. And so we'll see how that gets rolling.
4: Yeah, so, uh, Commissioner, how are the adoptions uh, going with respect? So you mentioned that uh, Prentice... The electric co-op in Prentice County is having uh, a a great deal of uh, making a great deal of progress and having a a lot of success in getting the homes physically connected. What about the homeowners? Are they signing up? Yeah,
13: yeah. So I'll give you an example. These numbers may be off a little bit because you being a businessman yourself, you know things change from day to day. But this number should hold true. Prentice County needed about a 35 percent adoption rate to pay their project off in 15 to 20 years. So they needed 35 percent of their people. To sign up, and I believe it may have been an 18-year payback. I don't just don't have it in front of me, but they are now approaching 50% subscription rates, and because of our work through the Rural Digital Opportunity Fund and the CARES Act, they've been able to receive in excess of $10 million that was not counted in the original. Feasibility study, they weren't getting any outside grant dollars and they needed 35% of their people to subscribe to be able to pay that thing off. And let's just guess at 18 years. Yeah. They have now gotten $10 million of grant funding and their subscription rates are nearing, if they've not already surpassed, 50%. Hmm.
4: Okay. So, so when you say fifty percent, then Commissioner, you're saying fifty percent of the addressable homes in their market in their service area. That's exactly right. Okay.
13: Every right. other house they pass is signing up
4: with them, essentially. Okay, good. So, and they've done that. And the, and,
13: and, the, and and the other point to that, Gerard, I know you you and I've talked about this off sure. camera when I've been down there. Yes, sir. Affordability is a big issue in there. Also, it's one thing to get people service, but if you can't afford it, right. it, it ain't worth a darn. Yeah. So Their their rates are about fifty nine dollars a month uh, for all you want all the time, they give you the router for your home, and it's $59 a month for 100 megabits download speed, 100 megabits upload speed, fiber yeah. into the home.
4: Yeah, awesome. Uh, so, and you know, and hopefully what that also accomplishes is it, it spurs not only economic growth, but we need population in the state of Mississippi. As, as you and I yeah, both I know, we, uh, we lost population, uh, one of, what, two, three states that did so in the, in the uh, last census and so much is tied to that uh you know i was worried we were going to lose a congressional seat uh for a right. while we we skirted that fortunately some states weren't so fortunate but nonetheless you know lighting up the uh the rural areas and and just implementing pervasive ubiquitous connectivity is i think key to that
13: man it's key you know and and the thing is at the end of the day this is not about 2021. It's about 2071. Yeah. And whether or not in, in a, in a world, in an economy that's moving faster than, than you and I probably ever thought it would, we've got to be ahead of that curve. And so we've got a chance. The biggest danger we've got, Gerard, is to fall back into the old trap of rewarding uh, some of these companies who've had a decade to go put broadband into rural areas and have not done it. But now they're suddenly uh, interested in some of the free money that's out there. And I'm particularly you know, uh, talking about some of the bigger carriers that have been involved, we need to be cognizant. You know, we've seen what unlocking, a some free market uh, principles, some business principles, and being conservative about our spending. We have seen what that will get us, and what it got us is some of the largest geographic expansion of broadband ever. We don't need a big, fat government giveaway program that just gives away to companies who have a track record of not providing results. Hmm. And so if we're going to be conservative about how we spend these dollars, if we're going to be uh, looking for the best bang for our buck, we've got to make sure that, A, the federal law is going to require in these capital projects funds that we prioritize cooperatives and not-for-profit. The law's already said that, because your application could be dead on arrival if you don't. But let's make the best sense out of those and use, use a real approach that gets something done, because at the end of the day, Uh, You know, this is a chance for Mississippi to move into the future. Uh, I'm so proud now to hear a lot of people talking about broadband. You know, I got kind of lonely a few years ago uh, trying to talk about this issue, but it is the issue of our day. And uh, I'm proud, again, of the work with Lieutenant Governor Hoseman, Speaker Gunn, their their willingness to come to the table and, and put both of those chambers to work to get this digital divide corrected.
4: Yeah. Yeah, and and it seems like uh, commissioner that your your district is uh, out front in that respect. Are you guys tracking that on a district by district basis?
13: Yeah, well, we are and, and and now some of it we're benefiting by by some historical perspective. We sure. have, we have all most all the co-ops up here. You know, yeah. we were the yeah. birthplace of the rural electric co-op. So, I've got almost every co-op in my district engaged in broadband right now. With the exception of Ponatok and Coahoma. Those are the only two. And and we've got some solutions that we'll be announcing probably in the next couple of weeks in those areas. But uh, we're going to be, for instance, cutting a ribbon at Alcorn County Electric here in a couple of weeks for their 5,000th customer. We just announced the 5,000th customer at Tallahatchie Valley at Tom Bigby Electric. Uh, this, this, I tell these guys that, are, that it's co-ops, Gerard, that they yeah. got the best problem in the world. Everybody wants their service, <laughs> and they got the worst problem in the world. They then got it Ch- to them yesterday. Yeah,
4: exactly. Commissioner, thanks so much for joining us today. Appreciate that update, sir. Take care. We'll talk soon. Always. Thanks a lot. Brandon Presley, Mississippi Public Service Commissioner of the Northern District. Break time here on Middays. We'll come back. Phil Buffington at 11.05 with the Jackson Heart Walk, American Heart Association.
6: Stay with us. Hey, this is Bob, and if you're like me, you like dealing with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954 and are headquartered right in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks. Majestic Metals, 800-647-8540 or online at MajesticMetalsINC.com. Here's John and Corey Ravenstein for Juniker Jewelry Company. In Mississippi, hunting isn't a sport, it's a religion. All my buddies grew up
10: hunting, and I don't miss a season today. Being a straight shooter, being safe. Honest and accurate in the field is the most important thing of all. It's exactly the same way when it comes to diamonds. You want a hunting buddy who can teach you all the secrets of the diamond business. So you really know diamond grading, the four C's, and how you get the most diamond for your hard-earned money. That's exactly what you get when you shop for your diamond at Juniker Jewelry Company. As Mississippi's direct diamond importers, we're a target-rich environment. With ten times the diamonds you'll find in average stores. And Diamond for Diamond, the guaranteed best price in the state. And that's shooting you straight. Nine
3: out of ten, Mississippi women agree. The more a man hunts, the more he needs junikers.
12: Juniker Jewelry Company, Mississippi's direct diamond importer. From anywhere in Mississippi, we're at 1485 Highland Colony Parkway, just south of 463 in Madison, and Juniker Jewelry,
15: E A If you're remodeling or building a new home, be sure to tell your contractor to go to Lakeland Fireplaces in Flowood. They have over 25 display units, including Heat & Glow. By the way, there are 19 live burning fireplaces in the showroom. They are the hearth professionals that install and service. Ask about their custom glass doors, gas logs, fireplace accessories, and premium gas grills. It's all at Lakeland Fireplaces, your Heat & Glow dealer on Lakeland Drive in Flowood.
9: I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. It took decades, but an alleged rapist is now behind bars. 78-year-old Sidney Semino of Macomb has been charged with three counts of first-degree rape of a victim under 13 and three counts of sexual battery of a victim under 13. What's different about this case is that the victim was six when it happened. Now, she's in her 30s, but in September, she was able to get a video confession of the crime from Semino. And U.S. companies will need to ensure employees are vaccinated against COVID-19 by early next year. From Capitol Hill, Jared Halpern with Fox has more.
5: The Occupational Safety and Health Administration, OSHA, is detailing new vaccine requirements for companies with 100 or more employees. Workers will be required to be vaccinated against COVID-19 by January 4th or be tested weekly. Companies that fail to comply face penalties, totaling $14,000 per violation. Republican-led states have already signaled lawsuits.
9: I'm Andy Davis.
3: Hey, it's Richard Cross from Sports Talk Mississippi, and I want to tell you about something new on the show. You know how much we love to grill and how much we love to talk about it. You're the exact same way, and so are our friends at Polk's Meat. So now, every Friday at 520, we'll have some fun with Food Fridays presented by Polk's Meat. We'll talk about our favorite way to grill their delicious Polk's Original, Polk's Cajun, and Polk's Garlic and Green Onion Sausages, as well as other barbecue favorites. It's Food Fridays at 520.
16: Available at homelandsecurity.ms.gov
0: It's so awesome. Middays with Gerard Gibbett. Come on. Let's get on with
12: the show.
0: On Super Talk Mississippi.
4: the theme from Baywatch on this TV theme show Thursday is that still available in streaming syndication etc Baywatch
3: Oh yeah
2: there's uh, there's one platform that has an entire channel devoted to Baywatch it's just Baywatch 24/7
4: Who watches that? <laughs> you didn't answer.
2: <laughs> you just you never know when you need to turn on the TV and have some Baywatch. <laughs>
4: Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you're
2: Baywatch. It's space. not the only TV show that's like that, though. I mean, okay. there's an entire channel that's MASH. There's an entire channel that's Andy Griffith. There, I mean, it, there's a ton of classics, new classics, and others that have whole channels devoted to them nowadays.
4: Yeah. Well, it, TV has changed a lot. You're right. Uh, I heard a prediction this morning on the financial news that just looking at the numbers of the decline and subscribers to traditional cable live television services relative to streaming services that is just going to replace it, but this is why those companies are busy diversifying their offerings and getting into other things and that that's they've got giant investments in assets that can be optimized and and uh repurposed as they say right for other services so anyhow and I'm sure you'll
2: see a wave that continues to grow where you continue to have more and more streaming services that you have to buy into or subscribe to to get the content you want until something else comes along and says you know what you don't have to pay for all those different things you can do it all right
4: here I think that's absolutely true and look that's another example of something we've talked about so many times that Prior innovators create these tools, the tool being the Internet and ubiquitous Wi-Fi. We just talked about fiber to the home all across rural Mississippi, broadband Internet being supplied across that physical infrastructure. And so adding and subscribing to streaming services, it's built into the TVs. It's no big deal. And look at how the price of these high-quality High resolution televisions has come down. It's insane how cheap they are.
2: Oh, yeah. When plasma screens first came out, you saw them on MTV's cribs because you had to be a multi gozillionaire to afford them. It was the same
4: price as a car. (laughs) Had to take out a loan, a chattel mortgage on a TV. Uh, True story, but. uh, It
2: was the key feature, the key furniture feature in any room at that point because it cost
4: 20 grand. That's true. That was the focal point of the room. Oh, yeah. Pay no attention to that antique over there, right? That's uh, so awesome. That's very true. Uh, yeah, so back to Moe's on the C Spire text line. Yeah, Governor Sears, Lieutenant Governor Sears, of course, an African-American female, uh, she she called to task the, uh, the race baiters in the left-wing media who still maintained that the whole election was about white supremacists. How tone deaf can you freaking be? And you're seeing backlash from an African-American female from Jamaica, right? Came over here, immigrated, served in the United States Marine Corps, and now she's the lieutenant governor in a traditionally blue state. Well, if it's it's all about white supremacy, help me understand how she got elected. Can anybody out there reconcile that? I can't. You see, this is the problem. People can see. (laughs) Wake up. (laughs) Hello. They can see. They can hear. Those innate human physical senses influence more than anything. More than stupid words coming from people like, Joy Reid, the race lady over there at MSNBC, who makes everything. Well, the white supremacist won tonight. (laughs) Like, how can you say that? And this lady, Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears, she beat a white supremacist. It's just mind-boggling.
2: I think we even have some audio here.
4: Do it. That
17: at this point,
18: they're dangerous. They're dangerous to our national security, because Stoke-
2: That's Joy Reid, by the way, talking.
18: Stoking that kind of soft
17: oh, yeah. white nationalism yeah, yeah.
18: eventually leads to the hardcore stuff.
7: Your reaction to that, Ms. Sears?
9: I wish Joy Reid would invite me on her show. Let's see if she's woman enough to do that. I'd go in a heartbeat and we have a real discussion without Joy speaking about me behind my back, if you will. She talks about white supremacy. Does she know that I ran against a white supremacist? I mean, Joy, come on. Get your facts straight and then come talk to me.
4: Bravo. (laughs) Get your facts straight, race lady. (laughs) <laughs> that is so awesome. Oh, gosh. Do you know the best part about that? It's two black females on opposite ends of the spectrum. That kind of smacks in the face of this grouping stuff, right? we all got to be grouped into this bucket or that bucket. No, we don't. We're individuals. We have brains. God gave them to us. We can think. We can see. We can hear. The race lady thinks, oh, it's all about white supremacy. It's nuts. I'm
2: still confused how she has a job with all the uh, rampant homophobia on her blog that she tried to blame on hackers, even though there was no digital footprint of hacking. The race lady? Joy Reid. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. She got in hot water a couple years ago because somebody found her old blog where she had a whole bunch of homophobic
4: slurs on it. Cancel her. You remember when we were talking about <laughs> her on a story and where she was spouting her, her, uh, her racist rhetoric, and I, I said, <laughs> I knew she went to Harvard, right? She, so hard to kind of say that her race is oppressed and doesn't have opportunity and that there's no e- equality of opportunity when you, you're a black lady and you go to Harvard. And remember, she was talking about economic oppression, which is really at the core of critical race theory. And I said, I bet you she makes over a million bucks a year. And you looked it up. i never forget that. I think it was a million and a half, right? So how can you spout that nonsense with a straight face? Let's see, you went to Harvard, you're the anchor of a nationally televised show on a major network, and you make a million and a half a year. Well, woe is me. That's just, people ain't buying it. Meantime, Bernie Sanders, he's I'm all. Bernie Sanders, <laughs> give me all your money. <laughs> he's all mad. <laughs> this is just so rich, folks. We've talked a lot about the child tax credit here on the program and what I describe as really just child payment, welfare payments. He's all mad because the Democrats have now said on this $1.75 trillion spending package that they've absolutely got to eliminate the SALT, the state and local tax deduction, cap of $10,000 that was implemented in the 2017 Trump tax cuts, which, which did cause taxes to increase for the wealthiest in our society that live in, specifically, in the states, in the counties that are home to the wealthiest in America. Well, he's all mad because now they're pushing hard to extend the cap up to $73,000 from the present $10,000, and extend it for 10 years in this bill now. He's mad because the child welfare payments are only a year. So he's saying, you're giving the rich people these huge tax breaks that go out for 10 years, yet... Hard-working Americans, they only get these child payments in the present version of the bill for a year. He says, at a time of massive income and wealth inequality, the last thing we should be doing is giving more tax breaks to the very rich. Democrats campaigned and won on an agenda that demands that the very wealthy finally pay their fair share. Not one that gives them more tax breaks. Oh, this is so rich. His own party's undermining him. They're taking care of their crony rich people that lie in their pockets to get elected. That's what that is. In New York, in Connecticut, in New Jersey, in California, in Illinois, where property taxes are through the roof. That's exactly what's happening. This is so great. I love it. This is so awesome. So he's lashing out at his own party. I will not support more tax breaks for billionaires. That's what Bernie said. That was just yesterday. That's beautiful. Beautiful. (laughs) It's Flipper bumping us out of this segment here on Middays. Oh, McCarthy says it's going to be a bloodbath in 2022. we got more to talk about. Phil Buffington with the Heart Walk at 11.05. Mandy Gunasekara at 11.37. Senator Sparks at 12.05. we got tickets to give away, too.
8: One Mississippi, two Mississippi. (laughs) There are actually a lot of Mississippis. We're the birthplace of the blues and the king of rock and roll. We're not just the Delta, we're beaches and boardwalks, bright lights and brighter smiles. There's a Mississippi for everyone. Shouldn't a local bank offer just as much? The Citizens Bank gives you more accessibility to lenders, more products and more fit. Whatever your Mississippi, it takes one Mississippi to choose your local bank. The Citizens Bank, in your corner, member FDIC.
11: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
19: Be sure and check out the newly remodeled Basils in Fondren, where you get simple food done well. And don't forget to drop by Basils Fountain View at the Renaissance. Go to EatBasils.com for online ordering for both
6: locations. That's Basils. Hey, this is Bob, and if you're like me, you like dealing with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954 and are headquartered right in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks. Majestic Metals, 800-647-8540 or online at MajesticMetalsINC.com.
19: this is the opening agri-market report the open of the new york cotton exchange december cotton was down 147 to 117.35 march cotton was down 160 to 113.84 the open of the chicago board of trade january soybeans were down 12 cents to 12.32 and a quarter per bushel march soybeans were down 11 cents to 12.44 and a quarter per bushel this is corn was up two cents to 566 per bushel March corn was up two and a quarter to 574 and a half per bushel at the mercantile December live cattle was down 22 to one thirty-one forty-two. February live cattle was down a nickel to 13660 January feeders down 40 to 158.82. March feeders down 30 to 159.85. And at the open, Dow Jones is down 47 points, 36,111. I'm Dixon Williams, and this is Super Talk Mississippi Agri News Network.
0: Defense wins championships. And when growing cotton, a strong defense delivers the strongest yield potential. So play to win with Guard 3 Extend Flex cotton. It offers proven insect and weed control and it's backed by the Roundup Ready Extend crop system. Get defense that delivers without compromise. Learn more about Guard 3 Extend Flex cotton at b3xf.com. Always read and follow IRM grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Performance may vary. Your formula for success is a simple one put strong in get strong out that's why cotton growers looking to improve yield potential plant delta pine Grand cotton featuring 100 years of proven yield potential and exclusive genetics in every bag strong is a legacy all its own protect yours with strong cotton from delta pine always read and follow irm where applicable grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions Arm yourself with everything you need to take on your day. Wake up with Gallo tomorrow on 97.3 FM, Super Talk Mississippi. Now back to Middays with Gerard, here on Super Talk Mississippi.
12: From Television City in Hollywood. Boy, the way Glenn Miller played.
20: Songs that made the hit parade.
3: Guys like us, we had it made.
20: Those no,
5: were the days. days. And you do what you
21: wanted dance for girls and men, woman.
11: Mister, Mister we could use a man like her over
3: again.
4: We thank you so much for joining us on Middays. Archie and Edith bumping us into this segment, Those Woy the Days. You think, uh, is that is that still airy somewhere? I'm sure. Somewhere, yeah.
2: It mm. might even be one of those that has its own channel.
4: Yeah. that. Well, I might even tune into that. Regardless of what you think, it's pretty dang entertaining. Oh, yeah. And it's awesome script. Acting. That's pretty, pretty talented group there.
2: But it is definitely a story that cannot be told in
4: 2021. You think not? I wonder. Well, you, you couldn't
2: hire an actor to play that character. They'd get canceled. That's very true.
4: That's a good point. Gosh, you know, in real life, I don't think he was like that at all. No. Carol O'Connor. What a versatile actor he was. Heat of the Night, great series. And, he, of course, he had some other dramatic roles as well. I mean, really fabulous talent. Uh, so, here's a good Plus way the
2: fact that he was always against the progressive son-in-law's ideals, which have kind of become the ideals of the norm now. So if he was butting against the norm, that's double canceled. Well, I think,
4: if I'm not mistaken, the ideals that uh, uh, he harbored on the show are pretty consistent with his real life, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, he's pretty far, lefty. Hmm, interesting. You know, looking at a photo here from Bo in Indianola, here is a good way to ruin some pretty landscape. And there's some of these giant turban fans in the background of some uh, really nice-looking uh Prairie there. Where is that, boat? Is that you think? Is that an Indian? old? they got big old um, wind turbines like that. Hmm. I don't know. Let us know. Northeast Madison County in my home will never get the internet. That would be. I assume that that is one of the rural cooperatives, electric power cooperatives that services that area. Though I'm not sure. I'm, I'm familiar with the area. So I don't know. We uh, probably ought to ask. Or is it a personal decision? You'll just never have the Internet because you don't want it. Oh, okay, yeah. I didn't read it that way. Let us know that. That's on the C Spire text line. We might have to ask uh, our friend Brent Bailey, who's the Public Service Commissioner of the Central District. He, I'm sure, got an update on that. We'll find out. Ben from Madison uh, says, The smartest Dems understand their messaging is to blame. Between now and the midterms will be very interesting to see if some of that messaging changes. I agree, Ben, and I think as long as they continue to dwell on these these really radical narratives that, you know, you got Randy Weingarten, one of the union presidents, I can't remember which teachers union that came in and stomped pretty hard for McAuliffe, and this was after, of course, he made the maybe one of the dumbest political statements of all mine I mean of all time in fact you could argue it lost him the election when he said no parents they have no business being involved in their children's education because i think that's what attracted more from his own party and certainly those in the middle the so-called independents perhaps more than anything though of course the economy which is almost down the line consistent in every election is the number one issue. It is typically the number one issue when people are feeling pain. They're out of work. In this case, it's pain at the pump, it's pain at the grocery store, it's supply chain shortages, it's the prospect of enduring inflation. How could you not be – and so what does Joe Biden do? He says, no, we got to double down and ram this stuff through. That's what the American people are telling us. I think that's the question, Ben, is let's say that they get these bills through and money starts flowing into folks' pockets. Does that change things? Here's what I'm not sure will change things. Hiring 300,000 kids in the climate core, I don't believe that's going to change the outcome of the midterms.
2: Do you, Rhino? It's a way to get three hundred thousand young people accustomed to getting a check from the government for doing absolutely nothing of merit. Oh, and no. There won't be any
4: fraud or abuse in that program, right? Nah. I don't so I think that's the question is Are they really gonna quantify saving the planet and measure it? Well that's a good point. How how do you measure the the outcome of that, the results of that? Yeah. Congratulations, year one down. We <laughs> saved
2: the planet this year.
4: <laughs> I got some thoughts about what Americans seek more than anything and and what resonated in this election. It may surprise folks a little bit. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. After the break, and also after the break, we got news coming up. We got Phil Buffington, the chair of the Jackson Heart Walk of the American Heart Association for this year. The Heart Walk is November 13th. Phil will be in the studio giving us an update on that event. We got foreigner tickets to give away today as well. Stay with us. We'll be right
5: back.
4: You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super
0: Talk, Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Barone's Tree Pros, 601 345 8090.
7: I'm Million Wu. Millions more Americans will be facing COVID vaccine
5: mandates. The Occupational Safety and Health Administration is detailing new vaccine requirements for companies with 100 or more employees. Workers will be required to be vaccinated against COVID-19 by January 4th or be tested weekly. Companies that fail to comply face penalties totaling $14,000 per violation. Republican-led states have already signaled lawsuits GOP lawmakers in Congress could force an override vote
7: is Jared Halpern. And there's been an arrest in the special counsel probe into the Russia collusion investigation. The New York Times reporting a Russian analyst linked to the so-called Steele dossier has been taken into custody. Igor Danchenko in 2016 was a primary researcher for the controversial document. America's listening to Fox News.
6: no drip roofing and construction the name says it all all types of roofing and construction your certified Certainteed shingle installer family-owned and operated for over 20 years here in the Metro no drip roofing and construction 601-371-1051
3: did you know you can find the latest sales information or breaking jewelry fashions from all britons on Facebook hi I'm Cameron Allbritton. we've come a long way since my great-granddad opened in 1920 how we live Travel and even celebrate. But something shouldn't change. Fine diamonds and jewelry from All Britons are still treasured for their quality and value. Be sure to like us on Facebook and come see us. All Britons, Mississippi's foremost diamond merchant.
10: I wish there was a place where we could sample wines before we buy.
7: There is. Bistro and Wine Bar just opened right next door to Colony Wine Market in Madison. They have 32 wines by the glass, wine flights, and the food is terrific.
9: Yes, get your purse, sweetie. Mandy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. It's been six months since an officer involved shooting that led to the death of a multiple murder suspect and his three-month old child. Eric Smith killed his ex-girlfriend
18: and her nephew in Louisiana, then fled into South Mississippi on I-10 with the baby LaMelo Parker in his car. Several law enforcement agencies were able to bring his vehicle to a stop. Within minutes, there was a shootout. Several groups are demanding answers, but Gulfport police say it's still considered an active investigation, and all evidence is in possession of the Biloxi PD.
3: Anytime a life is lost, especially a child, it's tragic. We have cooperated fully with all investigative authority. If there are any additional details needed on the investigation, we will work swiftly to assist. Our thoughts and prayers continue to be with the mellow and his family.
9: For more Mississippi News, follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, or find us online at supertalk.fm. For Supertalk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis.
16: Typically, we here at Keep Mississippi Beautiful like to share positive news with you, but not today. Litter is on the rise in our state, and we need your help. Please put trash in its proper place and make sure you aren't accidentally littering items from the back of your truck. Protect the road, secure your load, because trash blows. Do your part to keep Mississippi beautiful. Learn more at keepmsbeautiful.org. Oh, what fun.
18: Mistletoe Marketplace. Join us November 3rd through 6th for the 41st annual premier holiday shopping experience at the Mississippi Mart in Jackson. As you may know, each year, Mistletoe Marketplace offers unique shopping and entertainment. We host special events throughout Mistletoe Marketplace that are sure to excite those young and the young at heart. Buy your tickets today to join the festivities. Funds raised through this beloved event make it possible for the Junior League of Jackson to host over 30 community projects and initiatives.
9: A man charged with killing two Brookhaven police officers in 2018 has been sentenced to life in prison. Marquise Flowers pled guilty to two lesser charges of first-degree murder enhanced by possession of a weapon. He was originally charged with two counts of capital murder after the shooting deaths of Corporal Zach Moak and Officer James White. And Dr. Schneider Automotive Systems, a global automotive supplier in manufacturing air ventilation systems and window frame trim, is locating manufacturing operations in Baldwin. The project is a $22.5 million corporate investment and will create up to 400 jobs over six years. And pandemic electronic benefit transfer benefits for the 2020-21 school year have been issued. The round of benefits assists families of children eligible for the National School Lunch Program, whose school's predominant learning mode was either virtual or hybrid for one or two months of the school year. To see the benefit amount your child may receive, visit supertalk.fm. I'm Andy Davis. What's my core value? Equity.
5: Compassion. Compassion. Determination.
4: Everyone, middays, super top Mississippi, Gerard and Rhino in the studio on this Friday Eve. Joining us now in the studio, Phil Buffington, he's the chair of the Jackson Heart Walk of the American Heart Association, and Whitney Moorhead, also with the Jackson American Heart Association. Whitney is uh, your, your exact t- title, Whitney?
17: Heart Walk Director.
4: Well, I wasn't sure if it was coordinator or director, but I appreciate you chiming in on that. So uh Phil, Whitney, thanks so much for coming in today. This rolls around once a year. We've got the Heart Walk scheduled November the 13th, correct? I get that That's right? That's correct. Saturday, November the 13th. It uh, has been my honor and privilege in the past to participate on the executive leadership team overseeing the Heart Walk and, and walking as well. It's a lot of fun. So uh, glad to have you as the chair this year, Mr. Chairman of the ELT, of the Heart Walk. So tell us about it.
1: I I appreciate it, Jordan. What I want to do is put a plug in for you because I think you're responsible for me being in this position. Well, are you plugging
4: me? Absolutely. (laughs) And
1: I really appreciate that because this is an area that's near and dear to my heart. And I really appreciate you uh, helping get me this opportunity. We're honored Uh, to have you. Um, and just a little bit about the Heart Walk. Um, we we didn't have it last year, as everybody knows. Yeah. Uh, so we're trying to really build a big walk this year and involve all the community. It's it's the Metro Jackson, so it's not just Jackson. It's Heinz, Rankin, and Madison County that we're really trying to focus on. And and you're serving on the a leadership team this year, like you said. And we've got a good group there that represents both Heinz, Rankin, and Madison County. And we're really reaching out to the community and hope to be able to have a great walk uh, We've got a lot of great events uh that day. Uh I wanna put a plug in for you to being brute, uh because <laughs> we've got a top dog My contest. Yeah. Um uh, top dog contest that uh will allow everybody to put a costume on their a uh, pet and post it on the Facebook, and then everybody will vote on which one wins. Yeah, and always a lot of fun. We, we'd, we'd love to have him win. And, yeah. m- and maybe you could bring your daughter's dog, Rhett, and Rhett, have yeah. a little, little family competition there.
4: <laughs> be awesome. <laughs> All right, so, but what's the goal here, Phil? We're trying, we're trying <laughs> to, uh, ultimately we're trying to save lives, make people healthier, and stamp out heart disease, and we're trying to a little, raise a little money to uh, aid in that effort
1: absolutely and and really our three stated goals are the first one get everybody out and be active in the Heart Walk on that day. Uh, we think that's really important. Yeah. The next is, is to really educate people on the need for funds being raised and what the Heart Association does, and just an education aspect of creating an environment for a healthier Mississippi. And then finally is, and, and not last, but finally uh, to raise proceeds to help with that cause to fight the disease. And, yeah. and our goal this year is to raise $250,000. Uh, we're not quite there yet, but we're hopeful to get there. We think we will. uh, And we will continue to raise funds a, a few weeks after the walk, giving people an opportunity to walk that day and get the experience to contribute later. But we're excited about it. We've got a lot of great enthusiasm and support and just look to continue to build on that over the next week and afterwards. Whitney, where do the proceeds go?
17: so everything um, that is raised in Mississippi stays in Mississippi so people can feel good about that um, we typically raise about one and a half million dollars in central Mississippi and we're actually currently funding about one and a half million dollars in research right here at UMMC yeah. um, so we are uh, you know, funding a- a around four billion dollars worth of research through the American Heart Association um, we fund more research uh, uh, outside of any other organization outside the federal government and so um, that is very important to us especially right here in central mississippi Uh, but we're also really focused on health equity and just getting the community in a healthier place. We know that Mississippi is not good as far as our health and um, we we are first in a lot of things that we don't want to be first in um, right. obesity and um, heart disease of course and so um, really just making sure that people are aware of the risk factors for heart disease um, and working towards a healthier community. Um, we have focused our funds recently on nutrition security in Jackson. Um, we've partnered with the UMMC Evers Care Clinic for a family food box distribution uh, because we know nu- nutrition security um, and and families getting healthy meals um, is really important, um, especially you know with the impact of COVID nineteen. Um, so I think people can feel good about their their funds staying local um, and really doing some good in our community.
4: Phil, you said earlier that this was something near and dear to your heart, pun intended. Uh, explain.
1: You got a connection. Well, uh, it, it goes back years. Um, in 2016, I'll give you a little bit of that and then I'll go back. Um, I had a law partner in Nashville whose son, uh, grandson was at UMMC and he died of a congenital heart disease at five months of age. Um, and we participated that year and we've participated in events for the American Heart Association in Jackson ever since then. But it, it goes back further than that for me Three weeks before I got married, my grandfather passed away uh, of of a heart attack, um, and and that kind of had an impact on my life as you would expect. And then in 2019, right before the pandemic hit, my mother had a stroke. And and it's really important for people to remember when we talk about the American Heart Association's, it, it it's not just heart attacks; it's the stroke too. And my but my mother had a stroke. She's doing well now and and really recovered great. Uh, But my sister, about a week later, uh, had a massive heart attack and died of a heart attack. So wow. it, it's something that really, in the recent few years, has really been dear uh, and dear to my heart, as you yeah. said. Um, and and it's important to everybody. It affects every one of us in in our everyday lives. And if we stop and think about it, we know how much of an impact this can make for us and for everyone else in our community.
4: Yeah, uh, you know, I'll I'll just share as well. I was uh, honored, privileged to serve as the chair a couple of years ago of the of the E L T. And what I found, Phil Whitney, is that most of those members, certainly the past chairs, they all have similar stories. For me, I lost my brother. He was age 27 and uh, died of a very rare heart disease. That was a long time ago. And uh, so that's, you know, kind of always stuck with me. So I, almost all of us have somebody in our circle, in our orbit, family member, friend, what have you, that have been touched by some form of heart disease. And we got to do better. Uh, the other thing that I enjoyed about, and I want, want you to comment on this, this Phil, is that the Heart Association also provides a lot of education. There's just a lot of stuff we don't know mm-hmm. uh, with respect to healthy lifestyles. Something that, that stuck with me, Whitney, that we saw when, when I was involved a couple of years ago was just access to healthy food and the food deserts. And so we talk about health equity. That's really a lot of what we're talking about. And so those that, that, I mean, it's just statistical fact, those that have uh, the highest occurrence in communities that have the highest occurrence of heart disease, usually you can also connect that to the fact that they don't have access to good food. Right. So much of what we put in our body affects uh, this. A lot of it's hereditary. A lot of it's what you put in your your body and the way you conduct your, your physical life. So this is something else the heart association uh, works towards as well.
17: Yes, definitely. And we've we've looked at that, you know, we used to just educate people on how to work out or how to, you know, get 150 minutes of exercise each week. Well, we know that, you know, in the community that we live in, that's not always something that you're able to have access to, a yeah. sidewalk to walk on or a gym to go to. And, you know, if you're grocery store that uh, that you can actually get healthy food at is 20 miles away and you don't have a vehicle to get there I mean how can you teach a healthy lifestyle when these people don't have access to that and so that's what we're really working on and really focused on right now is how can we make these things accessible to everyone in the Metro Jackson community Um, and we're working with multiple partners on that Um, we've recently partnered with the Magnolia Medical Foundation and the Mississippi Food Network um, on these healthy food box projects um, and really just looking at you know how how can we change that and, and really change in life expectancy because yeah. between two different zip codes you can see a you know a, a ten year difference in life expectancy, sometimes even twenty years, um between two zip codes that are ten miles apart. So it, all right, Phil details. Date,
1: time, place. November thirteenth, Saturday, starts at eight A. M. the Mississippi Museum of Art. This event has been at the old I mean the new capital in the past, but yep. we moved it down to the museum. Uh, this year, uh, just for a different little change. Uh, got a lot of great uh, events there. Um, we've got uh, a DJ, uh, a local MC that's going to be there. Uh, like I said, we're going to have the Top Dog yeah. Contest. How uh, long's the walk? Uh, 3.5, no, 3.1 miles. But you a can, there's a
4: shorter course, right, <clears throat> if you don't want to yes. do that? there is, so. and, and,
1: and it's a walk or it's a run. It's whatever you want to yeah, do, and whatever it's you whatever do. pace. We're, yeah. not, we're not there to make sure that you finish within 20 minutes or whatever. You take your time. You have the walk. You have the experience, and it's just a great way to kick off our it awareness is. of a healthier uh, and longer-living Mississippi. I mean, that's really our goal is it's to awesome. create
4: a healthier lifestyle. Get your team together and come Absolutely. out and walk with us. Absolutely. Phil Whitney, appreciate you guys for joining us today. And thanks for all y'all do at the Heart Association. And the Heart Walks. Have a good Heart Walk. We appreciate it. Thanks, Gerard. We'll take a break right here. We'll come back with more talk. Mandy gunas in the studio is going to be on. And then Senator Daniel Sparks at 12.05. And Foreigner Tickets, Middays, will be right back.
3: When you choose RotoRooter, you'll get honest estimates and no hassle guarantees so you can get it fixed quickly and enjoy peace of mind. We're there for you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, day and night, holidays, and weekends. We've been providing service
5: to Mississippi for over 80 years. Call the original RotoRooter 601 353 3333. Mention this ad to receive $25 off any service.
16: Call RotoRooter, that's the name. And a winkle trouble's down the drain. RotoRooter.
3: Richard Cross. Be sure to catch Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for the best sports coverage right here in the Magnolia State. Every day from 3 until 6, right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. You're listening to Middays
0: with Gerard. Gerard Gibbert, here on Super Talk Mississippi. (laughs)
4: That one in a while. Sea Hunt! That was popular when I was a child. Was that? Was that, that wasn't Lloyd Bridges, was oh, yeah. it? Oh, yeah. Okay, I had it right. He, the father of Jeff Bridges, Bo Bridges, of course, the Bridges family.
2: So My generation knows him as being a funny man, but uh, he was uh, pretty serious. Oh, in that deal? In that, yeah. He was also buffed. Oh, yeah.
4: If you go back, for the day,
2: you know. Well, I mean, he was a young man. Well,
4: of course. Uh, He was buffed. Uh, Have you got your... (laughs) Have you got your climate change credit card yet? You signed up? No. (laughs) Well, there's a company who has introduced one. Aspiration is the name of the company. It's kind of a novel approach. You fight climate change. This is their shtick. You fight climate change with every swipe. We plant a tree every time you make a purchase and let you round up to plant one too. That ought to address some of that tree equity. You can go carbon neutral. Using this car just once a day can plant enough trees that once grown will counteract your daily negative carbon output. Unless you're a real gas guzzler, that's what it says on the website. Track your progress. Get rewarded! Every month you get to carbon zero. You swipe enough to offset your carbon output according to their computations. We'll reward you with up to 1% cash back on all your purchases. This is true. This is real. Aspiration. In <laughs> their slogan, leave your bank, save the planet. Just in case you wanted to sign up for an Aspiration credit card. I mean, it's admirable, but I,
2: I'll believe it when I see it. That they're really going to plant a tree every time you swipe.
4: I had a hard time getting my head around that one as well. So you're a bank in the... Because if they
2: have any uh, kind of popularity whatsoever and they get any following, those numbers get squirrely in a hurry.
4: We'll have all kind of tree equity then, won't we? Well, the tree canopy, that's what the tree equity that uh, is included in the Build Back Better plan. How about that? Uh... So, in the meantime, over there, John Deere. Nothing's <laughs> getting made. That's exactly right. You know, if they don't get out there and start making some of these farm implements, we all going to starve. But the production employees at 12 Deere plants have rejected the second contract offer, which extends the strike that... They launched a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago. So they rejected it. They said it ain't enough. Now I got to tell you, just to show you that workers are in the driver's seat in this labor shortage environment. The proposal <laughs> was, by the way, was voted down by a margin of fifty-five to forty-five. The and it's the Auto Workers Union. I didn't know that. The Auto Workers Union is, uh, is who organizes and, and uh, operates the unions and the deer factories. It would have given more than 10,000 deer workers a 10% pay raise immediately and an $8,500 per worker bonus if they would have ratified it yesterday. They offered 5% raises, uh, did the company to the union, in 23 and 25, and for the other three years of the contract, they would receive lump sum bonuses amounting to 3% of their pay. They said that ain't good enough. That sounds like a pretty good deal to me. What am I missing? I fear
2: that's going to be the best deal they're going to get, because what I was reading, that was the deal that was negotiated
4: in part with the help from the union. Correct. Absolutely correct. So sounds like the workers perhaps are bucking their own leaders to some extent. So what are you going to have to do to figure that one out and get them reconciled so they get in the factories? And uh, Look, every time I see this, I can't help but think, that companies like Deere will just continue to invest more in automation and operating factories, uh, reconfiguring, repurposing those factories so that they just don't need as much labor. That's all they're doing is accelerating that trend.
2: You're already seeing it in the high-end car manufacturing sector and it could be argued that those tractors are just as expensive, if not more, than some of those Lamborghinis and Ferraris and Hayabuses oh, yeah. and all of that. So heck yeah. If you've got the speedsters with their hypercars and those manufacturers using scalable, automated manufacturing, then, yeah, you could see John Deere looking at it.
4: Yeah. Well, we'll be tracking that. One. I just find it interesting. It, it I think it is... Uh, Kind of a good barometer of the present labor market. On the ceasefire text line, what about buying gas with the aspiration green card? (laughs) That's a good point. Maybe they don't plant a tree. They plant two trees when you do that. That's what it is. Oh, gosh. Uh, Aspiration also means choking on vomit on the ceasefire text line. You can't walk in Jackson without getting mugged or shot. There's no question that there is a crime problem. But I will say, having walked in the Heart Walk, uh, it is patrolled by police officers. It's uh, in a a nice part of downtown, a a safe, I should say, a safe part of downtown, I think is the best way to describe it. It's 8 o'clock in the morning on Saturday. I've never seen anything even remotely close to an incident, so don't let that Scare you off, please. Participate if you want to and if you can. If not, uh, go to the Heart Walk, Jackson Heart Walk, and and donate if you feel compelled to.
2: Now here's an idea we can get behind. What's from that, Neil from Pontiac on the ceasefire text line? Yeah, maybe we could get John Deere to move to Mississippi. I completely agree. I'm all I guarantee you, there's a whole bunch of Mississippians <clears throat> that would like that pasty pay
4: scheme. Yeah, I totally agree. It's a good point. Th- this is where I think we should be mobilizing our leaders and those involved in economic development to approach companies when they see this sort of stuff. I totally agree. Well, what? Tesla? Musk? He said to hell with it. Packed up out of California and moved a a fair amount of uh, his operations to Texas as a result of burdensome regulations and insane taxes. By the way, you saw that... uh, he came out. This is kind of unusual. A couple of days ago, and said, "Hey, look, guys, we jumped the gun. We don't have this contract fully executed with Hertz to sell them a hundred thousand uh, EBs." You have to take your hat off to the guy for being honest about that. I mean, it it would have caught up, but a lot of folks just say, "Oh, the, we're going to get through this. Don't say anything." It's you know, we had a good uh, bump in the market and our shares. Okay, he comes out and says that. And it dramatically reduced the share price, and uh, by connection, his his personal wealth on paper. Now it looks like they're pretty close to getting a deal done. That was announced this morning. It goes up. Looks like he's worth about three hundred and forty billion on paper.
2: Which correct me if I'm wrong. The The hang-up was they're already having a hard time getting cars to consumers, individual consumers, that want to buy them, and there's a waiting list. That's right. So he didn't want to make that waiting list ungodly long because he's trying to also ship 10 million to Hertz.
4: Yeah, that's right. Uh, So there was some hesitation to jump into that, but that has since apparently been resolved. And
2: probably had negotiated a timetable.
4: Right. I think that's probably right. So $340 billion. I just wanted to share this for perspective. The nation's richest person in history. Who You have an idea who you think that might be? Mm, Carnegie or Rockefeller? John D. Rockefeller. If you adjusted his uh, net worth at its peak in today's dollars for inflation. He'd be worth $418 billion. So think about that. Tesla's Elon Musk is catching up with him. I think
2: that's pretty cool. Yeah, you think of Rockefeller, you think of Scrooge McDuck levels of wealth. Exactly. Like a big old bank vault with a diving board.
4: And of course, the here's the deal though. The left likes to always refer to him and Carnegie, the robber barons that exploited wealth and earned all that on the backs of hard-working Americans. You think that's the case with Tesla? With Elon Musk? They'll try to argue it. They they do, and they are. But they're dead wrong about that, in my view. My three sons bumping us out of this one. Time for a break here on Middays. When we come back, Mandy Gunness and kara in the uh, studio. We got a lot to talk about. Foreigner tickets later on in the program, folks. Stay with us. Middays. We'll be right back.
6: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, a slight chance of rain with clouds and then some sunshine, high near 59. Tonight, clear skies and cold, low around 41. Finally, Friday, sunny skies, high near 65. And for your Saturday, sunny conditions, high near 68. This weather forecast has been brought to you by our friends at RJ's Outboard Sales and Service at 1208 Old Fannin Road. RJ's Outboard Sales and Service, your Yamaha outboard dealer in Brandon.
1: Ugh! I'm
6: The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at Fourth Goal Sports Cafe, the Philly cheesesteak sandwich or wrap, melt-in-your-mouth pulled pork sandwich, and the best burger in the metro. Call 769-208-8283. Once again,
12: 769-208-8283. At Batteries Plus, we do more than fix phones and tablets. We help our neighbors power their lives. Visit Batteries Plus in-store, curbside, and online for fast and reliable phone and tablet repair. Learn more at BatteriesPlus.com.
13: With just a few short weeks left before our lease expires, DNS Diamonds and Jewelry is offering 50 to 80% savings store-wide. Diamond earrings, wedding bands, loose diamonds, it's all marked down 50 to 80%. This is a perfect time to do your Christmas shopping. DNS Diamonds and Jewelry accepts cash, verified check, credit cards, and 12 months interest-free is available with approved credit. Save 50 to 80% now before our lease is up at DNS Diamonds and Jewelry. 144 Market Street, Flowood,
21: in front of JCPenney.
9: I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. It's been six months since an officer involved shooting that led to the death of a multiple murder suspect and his three month old child. Eric Smith killed his
18: ex girlfriend and her nephew in Louisiana, then fled into South Mississippi on I 10 with the baby, LaMelo Parker, in his car. Several law enforcement agencies were able to bring his vehicle to a stop. Within minutes, there was a shootout. Several groups are demanding answers, but Gulfport police say it's still consistent. An active investigation and all evidence is in possession of the Biloxi PD.
3: Anytime a life is lost, especially a child, it's tragic. We have cooperated fully with all investigative authorities. If there are any additional details needed on the investigation, we will work swiftly to assist. Our thoughts and prayers continue to be with Mello and his family.
9: For more Mississippi news, follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, or find us online at supertalk.fm. For Super Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis.
0: You're listening to Middays with Gerard here on Super Talk, Mississippi.
4: rabbit <laughs> mr green jeans <laughs> <laughs> what was his name bob
2: oh don't start me lying i have never <laughs> seen a single episode i just recognize the theme song
4: that's not american it was about 30 years before my time okay well when you were sick and got to stay home from school we had the prices right yeah that came okay that came. for me it was jeopardy that was prime time in the morning, with Art Fleming. But prior to that, of course, it was Captain Kangaroo. Can't believe I can't remember his name. Bob something. Or another. Anyhow, we'll get back to it here as we digress about TVs. You you always provoke me to think about that sort of stuff because you play these ancient TV theme song songs. Robert James Keishan. Bob Keishan. Yeah, uh, Bob Keishan. That's it. But. The theme songs were so much better in that era than they are today. I can't even tell what the hell they're about today. They're just sort of crazy stuff.
2: Well, ever since Lost came out, there's been a big push for just <laughs> a random sound to just play and linger. And they put the title up.
4: It's not interesting. Mandy Gunasekira joins us in the studio, former Chief of Staff at the EPA under President Trump and also the principal, a principal, of Section 7 Strategies. Thanks for coming in, uh, Mandy. Good to be here. All right, so we've just been breaking down these elections, and uh, which I think are just such a big deal that occurred not only in Virginia, but as we talked about in New Jersey, Denver, where we discussed this school board that... Conservative uh, board members win the their slate wins. None of them ever held office before. I just that's a beautiful thing in my view. How how can we get back to the grassroots where just average everyday Americans, that have never held office, just love their communities, their countries, their children? Imagine that. Get involved and and take a stand and and uh, want to participate in the process.
20: Yeah, I I think it's great and it's indicative of a growing trend of people who realize uh, whether they get involved or not, these issues are going to land at their doorstep. Yeah. And so you saw a lot of parents get involved. A lot of uh, mama bears was trending a couple days ago. Um, and there's daddy bears out there, yeah. too, yeah. Uh, that were a big part of it as well. But, you know, when when you have an entire approach, the Democrat approach, which was all about inhib- inhibiting freedom, the freedom to have a say in your children's education, the freedom to make personal health decisions and to keep them personal um, you're going to activate a lot of interest and you're going to activate people who have the courage and the willingness to step out and you know throw their hat in the in the arena so um, i think it's really great news just for the future and the development of policies and debate Uh, you have people who come from all walks of life, all types of experiences, and um, it's important to have that type of involvement from all manner of citizens and and not get caught in just looking to the career politician that, you know, they've been in politics for decades or more and to some degree um, they haven't been in that position to where, you know, they're dealing with payroll, they're yeah. dealing with healthcare, the things that keep you honest.
4: And it just seems like the longer they're seated in that ivory tower where they're just really insulated Mm -hmm. from everyday life, uh, the more clueless they become about the true challenges that those of us out here in the trenches are experiencing, and and therefore they're just not and they're not equipped to address them.
20: I agree. People get caught up in, in policy debates and jurisdictional turf wars. Yeah. Uh, what does that mean? It means you know the, the relevance that, that one particular committee or uh, one particular person has in dictating certain outcomes um, in various industries or people's lives, but nonetheless, they do get insulated, and even those with the best of intentions can fall into this trap. So I think it's wonderful there's fresh blood um, that will create a diversity of perspectives and just inject real, honest feedback of how these type of decisions impact the day-to-day lives of everyday citizens. Whether you're in Mississippi or Michigan or somewhere in between, um, it's. I, I just think it's wonderful to see.
4: And it just seems like that uh, another thing that occurs is uh, maybe because of the the pomp and circumstance and and the pandering and uh, and. I guess just the coddling that one receives when they've been there so long, mm-hmm. and, they're, and they're in those offices, and they got these entourages of people and all the notoriety, to a great extent, the fame, that they get a little pompous. They just yeah. do. Yeah. We know better than you. We saw it in McAuliffe, right? Yeah. We saw it in McAuliffe, and mm-hmm. his whole campaign was kind of built around that, and people came out and said, no, you don't, and we're going to put you in your place here. Uh, but uh, it's, uh, it's good to see. I think, hopefully, this is indicative of a trend, perhaps. Uh, your thoughts?
20: Yeah, I think, and look, I think one of the most notorious ones recently is President Trump. I think he opened up a lot of people's eyes and minds to, hey, you don't have to be a career person that worked in the House and then the Senate and then decided to run for president. Um, If you have what it takes and a firm belief in making the right decisions and adhering to the principles of freedom that undercut everything in this entire country, um, you can do it. So, yeah, I think it's, it's a positive trend. I do think it is is a trend, and there's also a rejection of that entitlement that you get from people like the McAuliffe campaign. It's interesting. He's often uh, described as a Clinton acolyte, yeah. and she had that same entitlement factor as well that rendered her the loss in 2016.
4: Yeah, it's amazing because he was a Democrat star. I mean, is it up and up and rising, up and coming star? and I think expected to, to really advance uh, through the party, governor, perhaps even a, a potential future presidential candidate, I'm not sure. I I mean, I don't know what they got on the bench, honestly.
20: Well, uh, what I will say about Democrats is uh, they tend to fall up. Um, So, you know, you lose a House race, you run for Senate, you lose a Senate race, you run for President. So, the trend on the other side, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up on a 2024 ticket.
4: Oh, gosh. So, I I know, uh, having worked in the EPA and and also practicing law with respect to the environment, right? Mm -hmm. I believe that was kind of your practice specialty. Is that correct?
20: Well, I I like to say I've never been a real lawyer with billables and clients, but I I did uh, policy work okay. and, and put my put my Ole Miss Law degree to okay. good work in that aspect.
4: Well, uh, included in Joe Biden's Build Back Better budget plan, this $1.75 trillion measure, top line item is clean energy and climate investments, is the way it is described. comes in at a $555 billion price tag, just under one-third of the total cost. Uh, is this the way we should be spending our money? I get worried that by the time all that filters out and everybody's palm gets greased mm-hmm. that we don't really get anything done here. Whatever we're trying to do, I'm not sure. But
20: Well, you know, it, when, when the purse gets so big um, and there's not sufficient oversight and accountability measures in place to track and monitor investment dollars actually going to something substantive and achieving yeah. the outcome that you want, whether it's more efficient energy or some other application, you have a problem. And what what I know, being in a federal agency, that there are problems like that. Um, and there are gaps within oversight for all manner of reasons. Look, the worst example of this is Solyndra. Everyone remembers that. Um, but, you know, in this administration there's a lot of uh, former equity firm executives that now are at these agencies sees signing these massive checks of taxpayer dollars going to a lot of questionable technologies. Yeah. Now I do think in some instances the federal government providing um, support and funding and grants for promising technologies, there's a role for that. But, sure. you know, like like uh, we've seen in past Democrat administrations they take a good idea um, and they ruin it by making it too expansive and not putting in place necessary measures to make sure that the funds go towards their actual purpose um, and and achieve the, the goal of advancing U.S. technology to, you know, make energy cleaner or more efficient or however you want to define it.
4: Well, and the other thing I think many Americans are concerned about, as we saw, you, you made a great point with Solyndra, that was just a payback to cronies. Totally. I mean, that's all that was. That yeah. It achieved nothing. And you know with $550 billion in this deal that you're going to see a lot of that sort of stuff. And so... It is reported, uh, based on just a, a, a quick a review of the measure, that most of this is going to come in the form of electric vehicle tax credits. $12,500. I think the present credit is 7500 bucks. Yeah. So it goes up $12,500 to push us all into EVs. I don't have a problem with EVs. I don't think they're ready for prime time yet. Uh, but that's a big chunk of money. That uh, and you know what will happen, you and I were just talking about offline. They'll get mad because Elon Musk will get richer because of this. (laughs) Well, you're giving everybody money to go buy what he makes. You're making him richer.
20: Yeah, and look, the government shouldn't be in the business of picking technological winners and losers. Again, you can provide support where there's promise, but when you're injecting that much money into one particular technology, and at the same time, they're putting in place Regulatory uh, mechanisms to make it harder to develop internal combustion engines, exactly. make it harder to refine fuel and make gas more expensive. Expensive gas is actually a part of the Democrats' Plan, no question about it. Um, because they want to push you out of that and push you towards EVs. And look, I have no problem with it, but I, uh, I've, I'm i a rural driver. Um, I have to drive from Oxford down to Decatur to, m- to see my parents. Let's talk after the break.
4: I want to talk about it, that after the break. Okay. We'll come back. Mandy gunnese in the studio. Daniel Sparks at 1205, the Senator from up there in Appalachia. Stay with us.
17: In just the last few years, there have been more than 200 cases of human trafficking reported right here in central Mississippi. I
18: met a guy on Instagram. I got hooked on drugs. He would crush it up and he would put it in orange juice and tequila and give it
20: to me.
11: My dad, when he needed to pay the bills, he would send me to a friend of his
17: and then things would go on. and our light bill would be paid or there'd be groceries. It's one of the fastest growing crimes in the state and you can help. You're invited to a super fun event to raise money for local organizations that rescue people from the grip of human trafficking or domestic abuse. The 41st annual Squat and Gobble Dance Contest and Turkey Calling Contest is coming up Thursday, November 11th at the new Mississippi Trademark featuring live music from Dr. Czar's Amazing Funk Monster, a live and silent auction, great food and drinks, and more. Get tickets today at friendsforacause.com. This is Alice in Callaway. Since
9: 1954, Callaway's has been family owned and operated. We are located in Gluckstadt, south of Germantown High. Callaway's has everything you need to make your yard and garden beautiful with trees, shrubs, fall color plants, soils and mulches. Save the date.
18: Callaway's Christmas open houses will be the first two Sundays in November with refreshments and door prizes every half hour. Come see Callaway's beautifully decorated Christmas store with
9: a large selection of permanent Christmas trees wreaths, garlands, angels, nativities, and much more. Our landscape designers, Clinton Streeter and Corey Castle, can design and install your landscape. Give Callaway's a call to discuss your landscaping needs. Don't forget Callaway's Christmas open houses first two Sundays in November. You will not be disappointed. Bring the family and enjoy the afternoon. Callaway's Gluckstadt on Calhoun Station Parkway, south of Germantown High.
6: Everything for home and garden.
3: That's what Callaway's.
19: This is the midday agri-market report members of congress from both parties are coalescing around ways to increase the number of commercial truck drivers with the shortage of truck drivers viewed as one of the major problems facing supply chains that has backlogged nearly every industry executives from across the agricultural and food supply chains on wednesday highlighted a litany of challenges finding and physically getting those products are trying to ship their own products the house agricultural committee had leaders in the dairy bakery grocery agricultural retailers and the trucking industry testify at a supply chain hearing representative david scott of georgia chairman of the committee pointed to problems with having enough truckers on the road if there is an achilles heel he said in our challenge it's with these huge vacancies in our commercial truck drivers i'm dixon williams and this is super talk mississippi Agri News Network.
7: Hey there! What are you doing today? Would whatever it is be easier with faster, more reliable home internet? If you said yes, we have good news. Plus, you could save up to one hundred and fifty dollars. Viasat offers high-speed satellite internet wherever you live, even if cable providers don't go there. So you can get online today and tomorrow. Go to viasat.com/slash/connect now and save up to one hundred and fifty dollars on select home plans. That's v i a s a t dot com connect now. Minimum twenty-four month service term. Service is not available in all areas. See viasat.com for additional terms and conditions.
19: I'm a cotton farmer.
7: I'm BASF.
19: I'm made of grit, passion, and hands that never stop working.
7: I'm made of agronomics, innovation, and hands that never stop helping. I I believe believe cotton cotton isn't a crop. crop.
19: It's a calling. I'm made to grow it. Protect it. I know this is important to my family.
7: Every family.
19: That's why I work harder.
7: Innovate better.
19: To make my cotton as good as it can be.
7: As protected as it can be.
19: I'm a cotton farmer. I'm BASF. We create chemistry.
15: This is Ben Shapiro reminding you to listen to The Ben Shapiro Show weekday nights starting at 9 p.m. here on 97.3 Super Talk Jackson.
0: You're listening to Middays with Gerard.
15: We are beyond terrified. We don't know what's going on or what to do.
0: Happy Halloween from Super Talk, Mississippi.
2: Papa, where's
4: olive oil? <laughs> I gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. You guys don't know who that is, do you? It's Wimpy. That's all he ever said. I gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today.
2: That was a great Robin Williams movie growing up as a kid.
4: That was good. I forgot about
2: that. He really got into that role. That
4: was, uh, the voice was perfect. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that. Ack, 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 ack. Yeah, that was awesome. Manage. All right, so Mandy Gunnasekara is uh, in the studio, and all right, so we're talking about uh, your expertise in particular, with from a policy perspective, being in energy. So, in this Build Back Better plan, the uh, president, of course, uh, has has uh, injected five hundred fifty-five, proposing at least five hundred fifty-five billion dollars for climate change and other so-called investments. And one of those that we've talked about in the program, Mandy, (laughs) involves hiring 300,000 youngsters in a climate core, which just calling it core, (laughs) it's kind of bothersome to me. It, 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 It kind of reeks of, I don't know, socialism, Nazism. Maybe that's unfair, but just... Children in a core for the government is bothersome,
20: and I bet there's a uniform that goes with <laughs> it. You know, they got a
4: logo and a patch. Rhino shared it, I think. So,
20: <laughs> oh man, <laughs> yeah, I like. I see that as hugely problematic. Um, it, they're they're going to hire activists to come all over the country. They're really going to push this um, prior to midterm elections because, again, what they will do is they will will use a federal program to try and impact the way people go about living their day to day lives. Yep. Um, and especially in ways and and on issues that matter leading up to an election so I think it would be a, a waste of dollars I'll tell you this at EPA um, there there's a growing issue with some of the younger folks that are attracted to work at the federal government um, they tend to have a more liberal viewpoint of the world and part of that is they have a recruiting mechanism from um, from one of the international peace corps Um, and the international the peace corps it's a good well-intended mission but a lot of the people that are involved in that um, have a left-leaning ideology and then they have these programs that they experience when they go abroad Um, they bring that back and because of that uh, that nexus between a lot of federal agencies but particularly epa it is feeding a, a, a group of individuals that just have one perspective of the world from both a political and application sense. So, you know, while I was there, I was like, look, we should make sure we have a similar agreement with um, Future Farmers of America, the Farm Bureau, the 4-H, these sorts of entities just to balance that out a little bit. But Climate Corp., um, I just think it would make an ongoing problem even worse.
4: Yeah, it's another situation where we have uh, folks in positions of power and authority with a singular view of the world of of any subject matter, and that influences all their decisions. And, and they've they've sort of failed to examine a, a broad spectrum of related information as inputs to those decisions.
20: Yeah, absolutely. And you know they they. They live this experience where um, the federal government is carrying them all along the way, and again, for well-intentioned work, which I think is great. But they lack a perspective of how decisions in Washington D.C. can impact the real day-to-day lives of all sorts of Americans, and especially in the environmental context. I mean, permits—you're—you're you're influencing the the ability of a business to hire, to expand, to grow, um, and to provide something of which there is a serious demand in the general market.
4: And we got the president who essentially, with with strokes of the pen, is almost single-handedly shutting down a lot of uh, production of fossil fuels in this country, but he's got his hand out begging OPEC (laughs) and actually telling Americans it's OPEC's fault that you're paying more at the pump.
20: Yeah, what, a, what an absurd argument. Uh, the American people don't buy that. Uh, they, they know that his day one decision, or early on the administration decision, to shut down the Keystone XL pipeline, not defend the colonial pipeline, essentially encourage foreign actors to attack critical infrastructure for delivering fuel in an efficient and affordable way. Um, this is all a direct result of his policies. And we went from energy dominance in the Trump administration to now energy scarcity and begging foreign adversaries to pump more into the system. Well,
4: well, I guess in in their production of fossil fuels, I guess that's not polluting. Only only if it happens <laughs> to the United States, Is that how that works?
20: <laughs> that's, that's absurd, too. We have the most stringent oh, and enforced geez. environmental standards in the world.
4: Man, it's just crazy. Mandy, thanks so much for uh, joining us. Appreciate that. Good conversation. We're going to take a break right here. We got Super Talk News, Fox News. Senator Daniel Sparks will be, uh, I think, joining us in the studio. Yeah, looking forward to that. we got a lot to talk about the upcoming session and stuff he's been working on since then. Foreigner tickets, they're coming your way as well. Middays will return.
0: Listening to WFMN Flora Jackson. Super Talk, Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni Tree Pros. Online at baroniestreepros.com. Fox News.
7: I'm Lillian Wu. Private companies have till after the holidays to implement a new vaccine mandate. Meanwhile, in one major city, a new order is directed at younger children. San Francisco Health Officer Susan Phillips said during a town hall Tuesday that COVID cases have been much lower in children ages five to 11, thanks to vaccine mandates of adolescents and adults, as well as mask mandates. But at some point she said health orders will be rolled back. So they're going to require younger children to get vaccinated. Fox is Jessica Rosenthal, according to Phillips.
17: We want them to be left with the protection of vaccine vaccination for their own health and for the health of their peers and others
7: she said they will wait at least eight weeks to make sure children will have access to the vaccine and parents will apparently be able to show pictures of their vaccine cards before entering restaurants and entertainment venues america's listening to fox news
9: Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. A Pelahatchee woman is in custody after she was arrested for allegedly trying to hire a hitman. 39 year old Jessica Leanne Sledge is charged with use of interstate commerce facility with the intent to hire an assassin to murder an individual in Mississippi. Unknown to Sledge, the hitman she tried to hire online was in fact a special agent with the FBI. And Senator Cindy Hyde-Smith says it's really pretty simple. The decision to be vaccinated should be decided by the individual, not the government.
17: This is not American. We should be able to make our own choices. This Biden's big government knows best policies, it has divided this country more and it definitely should be up to the american people of their choice of
9: their health of their medical decisions and not president joe biden's i smith said the president exceeded his authority in his rush to force vaccines on americans and it cannot go unchecked i'm andy davis
16: hey y'all let's take some pride and get it together for mississippi many of our highways and roads are just covered in litter put trash in its proper place. And if you drive a truck, remember trash blows. Be sure to secure your load. Please do your part to keep Mississippi beautiful. Learn more at keepmsbeautiful.org. That's keepmsbeautiful.org. Remember, always protect the road, secure your load.
1: Don't text and drive and give our farmers the space they need. Just like you, Mississippi farmers want to do their job and return safely to their loved ones. Thank you from your
19: friends at the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation.
9: Mississippi is the first state to sue the three drug makers that control the country's insulin market and the pharmacy benefit managers that negotiate prices with those companies. In an article for the Mississippi Center for Investigative Reporting, Jerry Mitchell cites the skyrocketing price of life-saving insulin, which can be as high as a house payment in some cases, even though the scientists that discovered it basically gave it away.
11: They immediately awarded the Nobel Prize to,
12: to these scientists who in turn sold the patent to this for one dollar, saying that it belonged to the world.
9: And a Yazoo City man will spend the rest of his life in prison for killing five people in two years. Riddell Barber was sentenced for the 2016 death of Justin Porter in Yazoo City, and the 2017 murders of Gabriel Townsend, Kevin Johnson, Jared and Allen, and Edward Johnson. There is no possibility for parole.
15: tea time. The University of Mississippi School of Business is hosting its 20th Annual Banking and Finance Symposium on November 12th at the Oxford Convention Center. Keynote speakers are Scott Anderson of Stiefel, KBW, Rebecca Romero Rainey of ICBA, and Jill Castilla of Citizens Bank. A first-ever Women in Banking Breakfast will be held at 8 a.m. The symposium is open to all banking and finance professionals and banking students. Panels will discuss fintech and mergers and acquisitions. To register, go online at our alumni page or email Dr. Ken Siree to get... Folks in the Capital
0: City metro area, love to have you join me tomorrow morning. 6-9 Gallo Show will start your day the informed way, Super Talk Mississippi 97.3. Welcome to the show that challenges you to think deeply. To think deeply. And look beyond political posturing. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk, Mississippi.
4: With you, Gerard and Rhino coming at you from the Super Talk studios on this Friday Eve. I think the sun is about to break through. It's It's trying its best. Yeah, gonna be good for a few days, but it's gonna be cold. I know you like it. I'm trying to go play golf, a little too cold. Not like it was last week though, jeez. It's like playing <laughs> on the frozen tundra up there at Mossy Oak. But a lot of fun nonetheless. Joining us now, Senator Daniel Sparks. He represents District 5, that's Itawamba, Prentice and Tishamingo. I like to call it Appalachia up uh, there. <laughs> we- beautiful.
21: We definitely appreciate this time of year. It's beautiful. Obviously, the trees, uh, leaves are changing colors. It's, it's a gorgeous place on this planet.
4: That little drive on 45 through there, yeah. it's really neat. It yeah. is.
21: It yeah. is. Yeah.
4: Well, you were, uh, you're fortunate, and I know you know that, to represent the great people of uh, the northeastern uh, part of our state. And we appreciate you doing so.
21: Well, thank you. I, I do. It's it's an honor. Uh, of course, we're in. I'm in the middle of uh, a first term, so I got two years under my belt. We're yeah. we're certainly learning. Uh, but the but the people there, they're hardworking people. Uh, a lot of manufacturing jobs. People are still coming there. Was an announcement yesterday in Baldwin, uh, 400 jobs that uh, that that are coming in the manufacturing uh, world. And and they're just there's a lot of pride of uh, workmanship and craftsmanship and just good salt of the earth. People, I'm honored to represent them.
4: Yeah. 400
21: jobs. It's big. Yeah,
4: that is that is uh, awesome. Uh, and uh, congratulations to those involved in that. It's a good big win, big pickup for the state and certainly for your area. Hopefully, we uh, can get some people uh, to go work. Huh?
21: Uh, that that's that's a good question. Of course, you know, Baldwin, interestingly enough, is split down Main Street. Uh, with Prentice County and Lee County. I not I, I represent the Prentice County side of it. Uh, Senator McMahon represents the Lee County side, so I know uh, CDF was very involved in this project in the governor's office, and I'm sure many, many others. Uh, German corporation, Dr. Schneider's, yeah. uh, this company exactly. did. But, uh, but yeah, one of those nuances of your district, I I represent one side of Main Street, and it's a different county How than on the other that? side, so it's unique. That seems like that would complicate city government. Uh, well, it it probably makes it interesting. They they work real hard uh, to uh, to to blend that together. But yeah, there's yeah. a line right down uh, right. Main Street. <laughs> All right. So, uh,
4: you guys have been out of session for a while, but it seems like you haven't been out of session. You've got some uh, rather controversial issues, shall we say, that have been deliberated. Medical marijuana being probably uh, top of that list. But you're going to be back in session
21: here pretty soon. Get at it again. It it is. You know, uh, in 2020, we actually didn't hardly come out of session until about this time of the year. And then uh, 2021 was was a normal at least session as far as the time frame goes. And after uh, we've been out, it's been we're coming back. Uh, rumors, you know, for for six months. So uh, it is. It's close to January. I know that a lot of parties have worked really hard to try to get uh, language right. Try to bring all stakeholders to the table. Legislation is not easy. That's yeah. that's one of the things that you learn quickly. Um, but, uh, but 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 you know. Uh, Still no, you know, still no definitive word on that, but I know there's a lot of work going into it. Yeah,
4: uh, Senator Blackwell, of course, uh, on the Senate side, representing your chamber, and uh, Representative Lee Yancey on the House side have been running point. Yes, yeah. uh, on this deal, and, and I know they've they've worked quite a bit on that. Uh, I mean, they've they've been working the overtime, burning the midnight oil, as they say, uh, far and above just the the typical uh, kind of agenda. And uh, right. work route for a, a member of the the House or Senate.
21: It is, and it's impactful legislation. You know, anytime it impacts people's um, health or or concerns, uh, it impacts employment. It impa- It touches so many. Touches law enforcement. You know, there's a lot of discussion in the last couple of weeks with law enforcement. And um, you know, on that note, as the laws change, we have to. Um, and evolve how we deal with things. And there's certain things with law enforcement. uh, There's going to be some training aspects involved with this. Uh, You know, medical cannabis comes into play. It changes your probable cause standards. It changes a lot of things that happen in the courtroom. So I understand the concerns that are there, but we're all going to have to um, step up and educate ourselves and try to figure out how we deal with this from law enforcement to education to employment, because uh, I think it's going to be concerning uh, across the board, you know, just how it's implemented. It's yeah. going to be difficult.
4: It seems like, though, a Senator, that given that this has been achieved and implemented in a number of other states, we've mm-hmm. got a template, and we've got some degree of guidance there, and uh, I know when we were setting the lottery up, you know, we talked to, to states that could tell us these are the things you don't want to do. Right. And 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 frankly, in the crafting of the Alice G. Clark Lottery Act, I'm just using that as an example. We relied quite a bit. What was did you like? What didn't you like from those states that had been through this process? Doesn't wouldn't that apply to some extent? You think in medical marijuana as well?
21: Oh, I think very much so, and I think that has been guidance, and we've looked our neighbor even to Alabama did something. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that that would be acceptable here what what they did it was so restrictive yeah. and then you have plans out of other states I think that's been some of the great debate is there's so much information out there people say well do the exact plan that makes me happy yeah. well that's probably not going to happen it doesn't happen often in legislation so it may be that we've gotten you know too deep into the weeds uh, on that but uh, but I know they're working hard so yeah. you know I look forward to getting a remedy to it because we got other issues in government. Uh, that, that we need to focus on. Do you
4: do you have uh, an opinion as to would you like to see this kit done in some way, shape, or form in a special session to kind of clear the boards and not consume the regular
21: session? My personal opinion, I, I would uh, I would have liked for us to get it dealt with uh, prior to session. But if it's not going to be efficient, economical, we are so close now that I think it, you know it's uh, it's hard for me to advocate really hard to say, hey we just want to be in there. I just don't want it to be combined with the typical legislative process yeah. uh, And again that's that's based on two years of experience one of those being COVID. Yeah. it just seems that it would it would make it more difficult.
4: yeah I understand. all right so what else uh, are uh, what else is on your your board uh, I guess as, as uh, priorities for the upcoming session?
21: You know the, the the first thing that probably jumps out is the amount of money that we have uh, that will be waiting us one point eight billion dollars from the federal government. We have uh, uh, one billion in excess that we had over revenue uh, projections for the prior fiscal year, yep. and the first quarter we were over about two hundred fifty million more. So we're in a very unique position as it relates to uh, money in the bank. Uh, but then I think it's a greater job to be a steward when you have more money. If you don't have any money, it's not hard to be a good steward because you just don't have it to spend. Nothing to manage. That's correct. And and so I think a lot of the time that's going to be spent is going to be focused on that. Now, of course, with the Recovery Act funds, as I understand it, reading the uh, interim final rule, which within itself is an oxymoron, it's interim, so it's not permanent. Yep. But yet the next word's final. And then it's a rule, which means we've got to follow it. I, I know our mayors and our supervisors and everybody, they're trying to figure out what to do with their money uh, the same way as the state is. But, you know, we're wanting to see projects with this money that's been sent down um, that are transformational in yeah. the state of Mississippi, in the communities, in the city. So I think this is going to take up a lot of our time. But uh, according to the rules, I understand we have four years to obligate the money, six years to spend it. And in the inflationary environment we're in right now, uh, I'm very thankful revenues are up, but uh, as you well know, if, if inflationary pressures are such that it increases the cost of goods we bought last year, you're going to have to have more money to buy the same things in the coming year, and we're going to end up with fuel costs, labor costs, et cetera, across the board.
4: Yeah. Well, and the lieutenant governor has made it clear that that his, his approach is to in, invest uh, that that big pot of money and what he would call more long term uh, sorts of objects as opposed to short term, and uh, you know I, I'm for that as well. I, I will say this: I get concerned about recurring sorts of expenses being committed to with one time money, and I haven't really looked at what the big list of of uh, possibilities are. But that's always a concern. And sometimes, you know, you can go spend money on on things that are so-called transformational and are long-term investments, but it comes with that are long-term expenses as well to maintain some of those investments. And so we've got to make sure that that's carved out. Is that kind of the, the instructions you're getting from it, the lieutenant governor It,
21: there? it is. You know, and we we talked about this early on, and, and I have tried to meet, and he came uh, to Alcorn County, just neighboring to us, and we invited, you know, five, six, seven uh, counties of, of mayors and supervisors to come and to try to educate and try to say those things. I've met with the state auditor's office. I've yeah. met with to say, hey, wh- what do you say we can do with this? It's very clear that water... Uh, sewer and broadband are the three big-ticket items uh, that can be used. As we know, the rules can change. There may be some things that come along different to that. But we do have water systems and sewer systems, uh, particularly those supported in rural areas are water associations, which brings a completely different issue to the table because yeah. they're not governmental units. Yeah. I've just and had
4: Brandon Presley, the commissioner uh, from your district, talk about that's that. That's correct. So, so. Uh, Yeah. So there are some restrictions, of course, as we've talked about, and, and you guys got to work within those parameters. I honestly... I'm not sure you can spend all that money uh, on some of that stuff. That is an
21: issue. It truly is. Well, I, I think that, and based on my initial conversations with a lot of the water associations, um, if we're able to find a way, because you've got some constitutional yeah. provisions you got to deal with, because yep. they're not governmental entities, yep. uh, there's long-term impact that you can make in that arena. Let's uh, talk
4: some after the break. You absolutely. Yeah, you we got to. Senator Daniel Sparks in the studio. We'll talk some more uh, here on Middays. And we got some foreigner tickets coming your way as well. Stay with us.
3: COVID-19 has had a profound effect on the workplace. As organizations adapt, R.J. Young is here to help.
15: That's right. At Ridgeland Mitsubishi, we're offering such amazing deals that we can't keep the cars on the lot. There's never been a better time to come trade in that ghoulish old car and upgrade to a new Mitsubishi. Plus, at Ridgeland Mitsubishi, you're approved for super low 1.9% APR for 60 months on the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. That's right. 1.9% financing, which will save you thousands. Is your credit history really scary? Our credit team will work to make sure you're approved. No matter how many skeletons, are in your closet at Ridgeland Mitsubishi. We want your trade. We'll give you a whole lot for whatever you're driving dead or alive. So come save like never before with our scary good deals at Ridgeland Mitsubishi, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. 1860 East County Line Road. Call 896-9600 today or visit RidgelandMitsubishi.com.
12: Remember, you're approved at Ridgeland Mitsubishi.
5: with provide a details.
6: with yours.
1: Make a donation and help change your life today.
12: Follow year with a special invitation to join us weekday morning six to nine. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis—all right here on Super Talk Jackson, ninety-seven point three. Oh. Midday's with Gerard Gibbert.
0: It is on on Super Talk Mississippi.
10: Hello, I'm Mister Red. <laughs> A horse is a horse, of course, of course, and no one can talk to a horse, of course. That is, of course, unless the horse is the famous Mr. A. Go right to the source and ask the horse. He'll give you the answer that you endorse. He's always on a steady course. Talk to Mr. A. A horse is a horse, of course, of course. And no one can talk to a horse, of course. That is, of course, unless the horse is the famous mystery. Go right to the source. I turned you on to that one, didn't I, right? You the that you endorse. You guys
4: don't remember that either. Oh, you, you I'm a You remember it. that? Okay. You know, I got to tell you, it's customary for me anytime I'm traveling down to, uh, towards Mobile, approaching it. You go through Wilmer, yes. Alabama. Yes. It always makes me think of Wilbur. <laughs> All right, so we got Dan, uh, Senator Daniel Sparks here in the studio. So, Senator, we have Jason, who texts in and wants to know if any of the money that would be from the American Rescue Plan, $1.8 billion to the state, that gets then used, allocated by the state, uh, under the authority of the state, and and then you've got money that went directly to counties and cities we right. we talked about that extensively here on the on the program the question is can any of those dollars be used to fix this this question. Bridges in Tishomingo and Prentice counties that have been barricaded for several years, there's some restrictions on the use of the money.
21: There is, and that's, that's one of the things is uh, I met with uh, folks in Tishomingo County, invited the uh, the mayors and, and uh, supervisors and folks to a meeting doing the same thing in Otawama, try to do the same thing in Prentice. Not that I'm an expert in any way on the Recovery Act funds, but there's FAQs are frequently asked questions, and there's guidelines in this interim final rule. Right now, there are permissible uses the primary of which are water, sewer, broadband, not infrastructure. Of course, you've got to look at the federal government. They're the ones that sent this money. They want to send you an infrastructure bill, and they want to send you a spending bill, and they don't want to give you the infrastructure bill to fix these roads and bridges unless you agree to their outlandish spending bill, and that's the battle we see. And here we are in Tishomingo County, as is stated by the the caller the texter, uh, that we have bridges that are closed. But uh, to further answer that question, we have four years to obligate this money. And I know that uh, the lieutenant governor appointed a committee out of appropriations. I'm on the finance side of the aisle, okay. uh, chaired by Senator Polk. Yep. And uh, they will be looking at a lot of these issues and talking with legal. But there is a loss calculation. All these documents are available online if people want to you know, seek them out, the frequently asked questions and things. But there is a loss calculation. For those four years, you're allowed a 4% growth factor. Uh, and that if you show you have a loss as a state or as yeah. a county or as a city, it opens it up for flexibility to spend that money. So in the long run, there may be some money that is allowable to be spent okay. on these things. But out of the gate, there were um, there were pretty strong restrictions. Uh, but, but to answer directly at this time, no, you cannot use it. Directly for infrastructure, unless you've done the loss calculation and you show that you have uh, lost a certain amount of revenue from the base year
4: that's right yeah. uh, to, as, as a replacement essentially for that, so you got to believe there's there was some sausage making politics behind the scenes when they came up with this list. Uh, of qualified expenses or, 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 or things that it could be spent on, just money to has been Th- That's allocated. right.
21: I don't think there's any question. And there are needs across the state for water, sewer. Yeah. Uh, now broadband has fallen into a unique situation. You had uh, the Public Service Commissioner on earlier today. Yep. Um, there is concern any time that you intervene in the free market, uh, but TVA, power to my part of the world, the rural world, was market intervention. Uh, Broadband, to a great degree, has been market intervention. there. From a rural perspective. From a rural perspective. And that's what – I represent a rural district. So there are times that when people want to say free market, free market, free market, they're screaming that from the downtown urban center that's had six internet providers for the last decade. And I still, personally – and I'm waiting on Tishomingo Connect. Yeah, I, and they're soon. They, they they actually pulled the fiber across the lake in front of the house a couple weeks ago. Um, but I don't have internet at my home. Yeah, where I live. So
4: and I, so it, for me, uh, Senator, it's about okay if we're going to use public money Correct. to provision this, what's the return That's right. to the taxpayers That's right. on this? And and it's it's no different than any other investment in so-called infrastructure or research or R and D or innovation that.
21: Public funds may be used for it's a, it's the same value proposition that has to be asked. It is, and, and we do have to remember when we talk about government intervention. And, and I, at some point, uh, maybe we can talk a little bit about the vaccine mandates and things that are yeah. going on. But when we talk about government intervention, uh, we were already collecting fees, rural subscriber fees, things right. of that nature. The money uh, that is discussed, this ten, uh, you know, this, this hundred million dollars that came to the state of Mississippi. That was money that was going to go to somebody. It went to our broadbands this time instead yep. of going to one of the larger uh, conglomerates who have been getting that money for years yeah. to deliver at one time rural telephone. That's the problem, and, though, it's and, one time. And, I, and so that's the build-out money. And so I don't think particularly, even though I don't like to intervene in the market, the government already was intervened in that market. Yeah. And so uh, so we've actually taken it. We've localized it, which we like to do as conservatives. We believe local rule is best. And I can assure you I firmly believe the folks at Tishmingo Power and Prentice Power and Tom Bibby Electric are responsive to our needs for electrical services. They're out there in the middle of the storm trying to restore service. Yep. They're going to treat you with the same courtesy when you have an Internet problem. Well, so I'm so. excited for local it's
4: services. A, it's a different model, something I have a little experience with. And uh, and so it, it's a like supporting a power infrastructure, an electrical grid. It, it's a 724 environment, and it takes yes. different kinds of people to support all that stuff. I don't know what their plan is for that and how, how the, they're approaching it. Uh, But uh, the question is, again, what's the the value, what's the return to the taxpayers? And if that's there, you know, it's something you can get on board. You're absolutely right, though. USDA has had grants for this purpose for quite some time. And, uh, and I think broadband.
21: That's right. And the return on investment is we we have an environment now where we're going to see more work at home. We're seeing jobs yeah. come to an area. High precision jobs. High precision farming. You go crawl into a piece of equipment right now uh, in the farming industry, and it's got to be GPS guided. Yeah, no or, question. Or that's where we're at. Education. We saw it with the shutdown uh, during the COVID situation. So I, I do believe there's a return on investment. I just I do recognize, and I'm honest enough to say that's government intervention. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's an issue. All
4: right, so the vaccine mandates, well, I'm happy to talk about that.
21: In fact, the Biden administration, uh, OSHA, yes. Department of Labor, promulgated the rules today. And that's and, and that's kind of the key point, because I've had a lot of questions on this from people working for private employers and things of that nature. Uh, the Biden administration stepped out and verbalized that they wanted this to happen, uh, and they told private business that you must do this if you have more than 100 employees, and then Uh, Everybody said, well, that's an executive order, it's law. Well, no, it's not. Then he told an agency to go promulgate a rule, and that's how we operate in this country. Unfortunately, it's not always the people you elect that have impact on it. It is the agencies that are given the guidance and told what to do that can get politicized. And in this particular situation, the vaccine is available. If people feel in consultation with their physician that that's their best way to protect themselves, they should be able to do that. I also believe a private employer has the right to set boundaries for employment. And I think that we have to be careful there, but there's a difference. When the federal government orders a private business to order their employees to do something, that in my opinion is overreach of the federal government. Then, if you back away and say, well, OSHA's doing it. Well, they're getting cute, is yeah. what they're doing. Yeah. They're doing it through an emergency rule. They're not going through the normal circumstances. And our universities, colleges, our industries are capitulating. Yep. Yeah. Now, they're going to come back to us on something in the future, because if you lay down for this – There'll be something else in the future they'll say is necessary. And they'll be coming to the state legislature saying, defend us. Yeah. You know, push back on this. But here's the other thing that I want to make clear I don't want to interfere with private businesses' rights as it relates to their employees, but it is not an arm links transaction right now. Legally, the federal government has leaned on anyone who gets federal money, and they have said, this is what you must do. And so they have, for the future of their economic interest across the state, They've told their employees you must do this. So the challenges are out there. The legal challenges are out there. I think the state of Mississippi will join in that. I think it's proper. I think it's a proper pushback. And that's not being anti vaccine, it is being anti Washington centralized federal government telling you what you're going to do in your local jurisdiction because you receive some type of federal money. It is a dangerous precedent to set that we would allow them to have that much intervention in business. And then for business to say, uh, we had to do it because the federal government said so. At this point, it, 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 when you have a government agent, they can't do things that are unconstitutional. If law enforcement uses a citizen to violate the Fourth Amendment, they can't say, oh, well, they were not a government agent. You become a government yeah. agent. The federal government has forced these private businesses to become a government agent, which I think is a violation. I yeah. think it's a violation of the workers.
4: I, I'm in the same camp. Yeah. I support the right of a private business if they want to implement uh, such requirements for employment. So be it. the market will sort that out. That's correct. They'll find out, hey, I can't get anybody to work. That's right. Or I lose so many people, it starts costing me money. It'll sort that out. The, the dangling of the federal carrot. Is problematic for me, though, uh, to federal contractors. Even uh, I think that maybe crosses the line in terms of use of public money. But uh, I appreciate you coming on, Senator. Always a pleasure. Sir. Thank you so much. Look forward to being with you during the session. You got it. We got Senator Daniel Sparks has been our guest in the last segment. We'll take a break right here. We'll come back. We got foreigner tickets. Stay with us midday. We'll return. Find a way to shine.
6: the seabrookpaint.com weather center i'm bob sullender for all your paint and coating needs go to seabrookpaint.com today a slight chance of rain with clouds and then some sunshine high near 59 tonight clear skies and cold low around 41 your finally friday sunny skies high near 65 and for your saturday sunny conditions high near 68 this weather brought to you by no drip roofing and construction with rain coming let us show you what the no drip difference is all about no drip roofing and construction online at nodripms.com
9: I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. A Peelahatchee woman is in custody after she was arrested for allegedly trying to hire a hitman. 39-year-old Jessica Leanne Sledge is charged with use of interstate commerce facility with the intent to hire an assassin to murder an individual in Mississippi. Unknown to Sledge, the hitman she tried to hire online was, in fact, a special agent with the FBI. And Senator Cindy Hyde-Smith says it's really pretty simple. The decision to be vaccinated should be decided by the individual, not the government.
17: This is not American. We should be able to make our own choices. This Biden's big government knows best policies. It has divided this country more. And it definitely should be up to the American people of their choice, of their health, of their medical decisions, and not President Joe Biden's. Smith
9: said the president exceeded his authority in his rush to force vaccines on Americans. And it cannot go unchecked. I'm Andy Davis.
10: This is baseball player and fellow Mississippian, Jake Mangum. There are a lot of reasons to be proud of my home state. Mississippi State Baseball is one of the reasons, and Mississippi Farm Bureau Insurance is another The dedicated team at Farm Bureau works hard to give me and the rest of their customers the best service possible. Visit favrates.com for great rates on home and auto insurance. Or find a local agent at msfbins.com. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. What's my core value? Equity. Compassion. Compassion.
5: Determination.
0: Middays with Gerard Gibbert.
3: Keep rolling. Three, two, one.
0: On Super Talk Mississippi. I
1: would a little hotel called a shady rest at the junction. Petico Junction. It's run by Kate. Come and be her guest at the junction.
20: Petico Junction. And that's
2: Uncle Joy. He's moving kind of slow at the
1: junction.
4: Ah, yes, the old petticoat junction. Thanks for joining us. Middays, back with you, Gerard and Rhino. So, Joe in Oxford asked, could you please ask the legislator, that would be Senator Daniel Sparks, I did ask him this question, Joe, for you, uh, before you leave, Uh, before you left, I'm, I'm sorry whether or not we could use our $1 billion surplus from fiscal year 2021, talking about the state, could that be used to eliminate uh, the income tax, as we've talked about extensively, a measure that passed the House and didn't get any traction in the Senate in this last session would be halfway there. Well, keep in mind, Joe, that surplus was one year and it was a bit of an anomaly. Uh, there are a, lot, a lot of things entered into what produced that surplus, and so we couldn't count on that, I don't think, on a, on a permanent basis as a way to eliminate the income tax, which would, uh, once totally eliminated, it would amount to about $1.7, $1.8 billion of revenue. But there's restrictions on that as well. If it's the, if it's the, the surplus that could be identified as produced by the state in terms of additional revenue from our, our typical sources of revenue which are income taxes and sales taxes yeah if it's because of money sent to us by the federal government the answer that's no now there's been some potential challenges to that I think Ohio is a state and looking at reducing its income tax if not eliminating it and they squawked about that as well so anyhow that uh, that's kind of where we stand on that uh, you know I I wanted to make just a bit of a personal analysis on what I think was at play in the election on Tuesday, and what I think will continue to be in play, and that is, Americans – fundamental to a prosperous and happy society and culture is security. It's fundamental. And I know when you say the word security. Generally, you think about physical security, your, your physical being, that of you and your family, of course. But I think it's also fair to say that you could extend the concept of security to education, to economic security. I think those are plausible terms. And concepts, well, if you think about what was on the ballot and what I think will be on the ballot in the coming elections, it's economic security, it's education security, and it's civil security. So what we see is inflation and problems with respect to maintaining one's household from an economic perspective. We've clearly seen craziness in our education environment, and we – parents, as the senator talked about and as Mandy talked about earlier, is the mama and papa bears come out and say, you don't own our children. You think you do? Hell, Randy Weingarten with the teachers' union pretty much said it. You don't. And so parents feel insecure about the education of their children in that respect. And then, of course, there's traditional, physical, civil security. And voters in Minneapolis said, no, we're not for taking down the police department. Even in crazy Seattle. Crazy Seattle. They elected someone as mayor that says, we're gonna pump more money into the police department. And defeated an opponent who said, Who voted not so long ago up in Seattle to strip the police department of much needed funding. And what happened is they had this explosion of crime and homeless encampments all over the place. And all of a sudden, it was in the backyard of these elitist liberals in the King City who said, No, uh, that ain't working. I just think. That's a a reflection of Americans' desire for basic security, economic, education, and civil. We're a, a nation of laws, and law and order, and without such, you can't have civil society. You cannot prosper. Just simple as that. And I think that's going to play out big time as we move forward. and. I certainly hope that that is the case. Um, By the way, there's a couple of texts on the text line. Why do Americans have to be vaccinated while the illegal immigrants crossing the border don't? I agree. It's a double standard. It makes no sense uh, um, at all. And I think it just goes to to poke holes and show the flaw. Honestly, I wonder, does the Biden administration think that Americans won't notice that double standard? It seems like it. When you look at the reaction to the results of Tuesday, well, they're still carrying on and, and, and committed to this narrative that it was the white supremacists that took over and pay no attention to the fact that they ushered in an African-American female to the second-highest office in the Commonwealth of Virginia. And it wasn't because she's African-American or female. I don't believe that. It's because of what she stands for. And people said, "Yeah, that's that's what I'm after. That's what I want to see." So, uh, it's a double standard. I agree. The other thing is, <laughs> Joe Biden was questioned about this this uh, possibility of paying illegals 450 grand up to a million dollars a household, and he scratched his head about it and got indignant with Fox News' Peter Ducey when he was asked about it. And so, we'll see, but at this point, Biden says, no, that's not going to happen. And uh, he was rather emphatic when he rejected the the possibility of such. So, I, I'm not sure where it's coming from, but you've got to believe there's something to it, right? That that's not just a situation where it it, it was just a nasty rumor started by somebody on the left that, that uh... propagated that Uh, the president seemed to be unaware of it but i'm not sure if he's acting or if he's seeing that reading the tea leaves that's not a very popular concept and maybe he needs to distance himself from it so yeah that would be insane and that would i think aggravate lots of people on both sides of the aisle. I don't think that's something that just folks on the right would object to. I, I think we're tired of putting illegals, I, I believe this, ahead of Americans. I just believe that's the case. Um, you know, it's the same old thing we've talked about, though, that we, we have these spats and these... these areas of disagreement, but it's pretty dang hard to get alignment when you can't agree on how many genders there are. I think Americans said Tuesday, there's only two genders. There's only two biological genders. Because this gender theory stuff is part of what's being fed to our children, which is insane. Yeah, Virginia elected a a Latino Republican Attorney General on Tuesday, and I'm surprised I'm not hearing more from the left on that. I, I think they're they're licking their wounds and trying to figure it out, but thus far, uh, they are bound and determined to advance uh, this ridiculous agenda of the president. I, don't, I haven't seen any backing off on that whatsoever, and he's encouraging them to get together and get it done. I, I just don't know that that plays out very well for them. Liberals want to teach their opinions to students, not just the basic. That's from Dwayne on the C Spire text line. You know, I think most parents of children, regardless of their political stripe and affiliation, they want their kids to learn the the subject matter and be given the tools to succeed as adults. Self-respecting parents is what we all want. And I think by dwelling on all this division and hate and dividing us into buckets, including our children at a young age, as Condi Rice says, I keep referring to her because she said it so eloquently, it's not productive. Of course it's not. It's dumb. In fact, it's destructive. Not only not productive, it's destructive. I truly do believe that, but... Gosh, I pray, I hope folks are waking up to all this. we got to take a break right here. When we come back, rhino's going to hit us with a foreigner tickets. Don't forget, uh, tomorrow I'm going to be down at uh, two Mississippi museums broadcasting the show. Looking forward to that. We're honoring Mississippi veterans down at the Civil Rights Museum. It's going to be a lot of fun. Plenty of covered parking on North Jefferson Street for you. Come down and see us. Tune in for sure. We'll be right back.
3: diamond importer. From anywhere in Mississippi, we're at 1485
8: Highland Colony Parkway, just south of 463 in Madison, and junikerjewelry.com.
0: Your window tent headquarters at Auto Trim Designs on Highway 80 in Pearl is now also your best source for the lasting protection of Expel paint protection film. Your car is too precious to fail to protect it from bugs, rocks, and road debris. For more info,
4: go to autotrimdesigns.com. The Rogue has been serving families in Jackson for over five decades. As we return to life, return to work, church, football, etc., let the Rogue get the men in your life ready for all occasions. We have the latest in game day gear for Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and USM. Last minute needs for a party? We have three on-site tailors to take care of any last minute needs. Complimentary alterations and gift wrap with every purchase. Our employees have over 150 years of experience at the Rogue serving Mississippians.
6: In the metro area, the houses talk. Hey Jan, how's it going today? Hey Barney. You're not sold yet? No, my shutters
9: need replacing, my floors need unbuckling, my boudoirs need updating.
6: Well my person called Will White with the product and Will White said the price was right. No updating, no nothing. I'm sold as of tomorrow. Call Will White. He buys houses 601-401-4323. 601-401-4323. Or online at homebuyersms.com. Fake to pairs. Corral
16: keeps it, lowers his head, pumps it into the end zone. Touchdown! Oh! Rebel fans, it's time to lock the vault with only three more chances to watch the Rebels this season at home in bought hemingway Stadium in 2021. Join us on Saturday as Ole Miss football takes on the Liberty Flames. Tickets start at just $25 and can be purchased by calling 888-REBTKTS or by visiting olemissticks.com. That's olemissticks.com.
15: Meet the authority from CSpire. Our team of super specialized engineers partner with businesses of all sizes, taking on their toughest IT challenges while finding new opportunities. Connectivity, data security, cloud services—you name the tech, we have a specialist for it. CSpire Business. Win with authority. Your partners in IT. Get connected to the fastest internet speeds available. Visit cspire.com/business. Arm yourself with everything
0: you need to take on your day. Wake up with Gallo tomorrow on 97.3 FM, Super Talk Mississippi. You know what that means. Middays with Gerard Gibbert.
3: We'll do it live.
0: On Super Talk Mississippi.
16: Exciting. Ah, that was
4: on the all hit request line, I think, wasn't it? Oh yeah, popular demand. We're expecting you. <laughs> and That's the great uh, Jack Jones singing The Love Boat there. That was actually a good tune. And I think the doctor didn't he run for public? Somebody in that deal uh, that was on, uh, on a cast member it was in public office in California. Can't remember which one. Maybe either. it wasn't a doctor. It was. I don't know. It's too happened too long ago. It was pretty cool though. Pretty cool show. All right, we are back. Fred Gandy that's played it. Gopher. Gopher. That's right. He was the ship's um, like the yeoman or something. I don't. I don't know. Does that sound right? You see the... The purser. The purser. <laughs> yeah, you would have thought. He he held office, though, didn't he?
2: Oh, yeah. He uh, ran for the U.S. House of Representatives from Iowa okay. and was in office from January 87 to January 95. There you go. Your ship's purser on the love
4: boat in public office. How about that?
2: Well, I mean, he could handle all the money on the love boat. You might as well be able to handle the money of the people.
4: Works for me. (laughs) Dang right. Better than some of those other idiots up there that know zero about it. All right, we got some foreigner tickets. Go, right over.
2: Oh, yeah, one of the best-selling groups of all time, foreigners, coming to the Bancorp South Arena in Tupelo on November 13th. Tickets for the show are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com, or you can go by the Bancorp South Arena box office. But now you've got a chance to win a pair of tickets for free all you've got to do is be lucky number 21 to text into the C Spire text line 601-879-4395. Be the 21st person to text in with the phrase, first time. And you'll win a pair of tickets to see Foreigner at the Bankcorp South Arena on November 13th.
4: There you go. On the C Spire text line, hard to stomach giving my tax dollars to an illegal who didn't work hard as I have and service and didn't provide service to this country I I think a lot of people feel that way I appreciate that i I totally agree uh, let's see I think Brandon Brandon huh, and the Dems are doubling down and pushing hard and they're doing that not because they are oblivious but because they see the writing on the wall and fear their time is running out i I think that's uh Plausible theory as well on the ceasefire tax line, I agree, let's get it through now, but that ain't the way this deal's supposed to work. My fears I've expressed so many times on the program, is that you put these giant government welfare programs in place, and they just don't go away. Uh, they, they become permanent. So you look at this child welfare, welfare payment, uh, which only has a year as uh, uh, specified in the bill, it will never go away. It will become permanent. We had the same thing with Obamacare. They tried to ram that through. Senator Kennedy abruptly died. Scott Brown gets seated uh, to replace him in Massachusetts, thus eliminating their supermajority in the Senate. They had to settle for a much watered-down bill it became permanent. People said, no, this thing won't pass, and then if it does, the Supreme Court's going to knock it down. Supreme Court didn't. It's permanent. It's law of the land. And now this bill is going to expand it even further. It is a big part of it. So, uh, yeah, I do think that is some degree of motivation for the Democrats in Congress to push this thing uh, through while they got the... the, uh, legislative ability and the numbers, shall we say, to get it done. Because, gosh, if you go back and look at, at past history, you look at the midterms in 2010, which I think also came on the heels of a 2009 election in Virginia where a Republican won. And who could forget President Barack Obama famously saying after the midterms, that the Democrats received a shellacking was the word. What a great word that was to describe that. You gotta feel like this is uh, on tap again. It's kind of what it feels like to me. We're gonna stay on it. Uh, let's see here. There are two genders, and then there's what people like in the bedroom. The gender, the gender crap. The gender crap is all about sexual desires. It has nothing to do with gender. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. That's, a, that's Bobby and baseball that says that. It, it could be. Uh, Bobby, I, and look, I, I don't care what people do in their bedroom, honestly. I don't care what gender they are or assume or their sexual persuasion. I don't care. I don't want to interfere with that. Just don't force me. Don't poke me in the eye. Don't demand. And don't make all these special preferential. Equal? Sure, you're a human. You're a citizen. You're entitled to the same rights the rest of us are. But don't make all these special concessions and go out of your way obsessing over it and everything. And that's what's happened in our governments, in our private sector institutions, our educational environment as well. That's when it, and leave the kids out of it too. Let adults make that choice. We're out of time here. Don't forget, we're going to be at two Mississippi museums tomorrow as we honor our veterans. We thank you so much for joining us today. As always, stay safe and God bless everyone.